Poochcast, Poochcast, party time, excellent. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. It is a special Thanksgiving edition of the Boochcast. Party on, Vinny. Party on, Elvis. This week's episode is entitled The Drunk Thanksgiving Episode. Uh, this is the brainchild of the man joining me right now, the one and only Mr. Elvis Delinsky. And um, we're basically uh, having a drunken Thanksgiving. At the time that we are taping this, it is Thanksgiving evening. Uh, we've had dinner with the families and everything, and now we're here on the Boochcast, ready to some uh, drunk Thanksgiving fun. Yeah, thanks so much for that, Vinny. Um, I had to really convince Vinny to really like, hey, listen, man, we only got listen, folks, we only got a couple more episodes left in this year. Um, I'm not sure if you know, we have um, what three more episodes left in the year before we take a small hiatus? Yes, we've got this episode that's right now, and then we got two more. Yeah, so I was like, you know what, though, let's just let's go out the bang. Let's um have a couple of drinks. It's Thanksgiving. It's a good excuse to drink anyway. I mean, any day that ends with a Y is a good day to drink. But <laughs> exactly. um, that's just my own personal opinion. But since we are on this topic, um, I was like, Vinny, let's grab a couple of beers. Let's have a couple of drinks. Now I just had dinner. Um, I do not do your traditional turkey um for Thanksgiving. Now, um, every year we do we do uh, Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving at my sister's house, but instead of doing it on a Thursday, we do it on a Saturday. So Thanksgiving is just a regular day for us here at the Dolinsky household. Yeah, and I remember we were, I was talking, Elvis and I were talking about Thanksgiving, and he he hit me with this interesting thing. I, I, maybe it could be only interesting to me, but it blew my fucking mind, because I was just like, oh, dude, so y'all gonna have the turkey and everything? And most people would be like, no, I'm not gonna have turkey, or yeah, I'm gonna have turkey. Elvis said no, but then... And I'm gonna let Elvis tell you guys. He said something about turkey that just blew my fucking mind, and I gotta, I, I gotta hear this story again. Well, first of all, I don't think it's man, it's meant for human consumption. First and foremost, I just don't think turkey is delicious. That's just my own personal opinion. I don't think it's made for humans to eat. You could cover it up with cranberry sauce and gravy. You could pepper some paprika on it. I mean, I just, it's like, it's not meat that's supposed to be eaten at all. Um, I just don't think that even when it's sliced up and processed at the deli, um, I just think it's not so great. Um, that's just my own personal opinion now. Um, but also I just kind of feel like it's masturbation without the payoff. I guess that's the way I want to say it. Um, I know it's a weird analogy to say, but it's kind of like you're chewing through this fucking food that takes hours upon hours. And that's where the masturbation without payoff kind of comes off. You guys are slaving in an oven, like cooking it, defrosting it, basting it, making sure that things not too dry. Um, then you stuff with all those different stuffings, you know. And listen, I've had fried turkey, I've had stovetop turkey, I've had so many different variations of it. I've had turducken, I've had um, every turkey manageable. I tried different ways of eating it, and to me, I guess it's just my own personal pre uh, personal preference. I literally eat anything. I'm a huge um. You know, um, garbage disposal. I'll eat anything pretty much. Yeah. Um, I I don't really like. There's a no. There's no real foods that I don't like. Um, so, but turkey is just one of those things that I just can't. I can't do it, man. I just can't do it. Um, I just feel like the people who prep that turkey for so long. Maybe it's a tradition, just the preparation for it that could possibly be it. But uh, we never really grew up with that Thanksgiving turkey kind of thing in my household. So to me, it's just like a normal day. 
Okay. Because I, I, I mean, me personally, we've, we've, that turkey, if there's one time of the year we have it, it's usually on, uh, it's on Thanksgiving. So we've always been a big th- thanks, uh, Thanksgiving turkey eating family. I just, and the thing is, it's one thing when someone says, I don't like turkey. I get that completely. It was, I will say, it was the part that really threw me off was when he said, it was like, I don't think it's meant for human consumption. Cause I'm thinking to myself, most people who say that, the first thought that pops in my mind is like vegan or vegetarian. I'm like, okay. Elvis is neither one of those things. I've seen him eat burgers. I've seen him eat steak. I know he's not he's not going plant-based or has unless he unless he decided to go plant-based and didn't tell me. But so when you said like it was a wasn't human it. consumption, it, it that was what confused me because I'm like, wait a minute. Elvis is a vegan? What is what is this? But then he just told me, oh, he just don't like it. Okay. And then he said the masturbation would have to pay off, and I damn near fell off the bed. Like, oh, masturbation, masturbation would have to pay off is just for the prep time. That's all it is. Oh, right. um, the human consumption, I just don't think it tastes right. I think for a human, it doesn't taste right. But me, I only have my perspective as a human being. So for me, that is what I mean when I talk about it's not meant for human consumption. Don't get me wrong. Some people love turkey. Like, they fantasize about it. They wait for that one time a year. Or sometimes they, they do it in July just to kind of get that fix or something, yeah. you know? Um, it's just not for me. I mean, it's for, it's for some people, but I guess for um, old Costa the Elvis, but I, I can't lie to you, um, Zoe's with her mother and, you know, their family has a big turkey thing. And I'm kind of glad that she is there because um, she could kind of get into the festivities for the turkey and everything else. But, um, I mean, if she was here, we'd make one if we had to. Um, but I'd rather make food that we would actually eat. <laughs> you know? <laughs> no, it makes sense. It makes sense, man. I, I get it. Like, I get it now. It just kind of. I, mean, I mean, and the thing is, like, there's like, I mean, there's people like me out there. There's literally dozens of us, dozens of us out there um, <laughs> who don't like it. I know we're wrong. Turkey, if you like it, that's your that that's your uh, bag of um, your cup of tea, or that's your bag. That's fine. I don't want to sit there and diss the, the turkey. Um, if I was, if I mean, it was me, I'd pardon a turkey um, and maybe <laughs> give it to a homeless family. So I don't know. Um, do something crazy like that, but I just. I just never liked turkey. I tried it every year, and every year I forget. I'm like, oh, I might like it this year. Ah, oh, disappointed. And the next year, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna try it again this year. Ah, oh, fuck, disappointed. And then at one point, I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna bring some chicken. Oh, <laughs> it's yeah. gonna be way better. And, oh yeah. Speaking of the whole pardon the turkey thing, um, do you always find it weird that every year on Thanksgiving, the president, whoever it is, has to pardon a turkey? Did that? What what kind of sense does that make? Like, does anybody ever actually well, look forward to that? Well, I, if if it holds anything true to what I'm talking about, this is the inevitable truth. The president is pretty much saying you should not eat turkey. It has to be pardoned because it's not meant for human consumption. <laughs> so it just emphasizes my point even more um, that they're not supposed to be eaten. They're pardoning the turkey. Like, no, no, no. For some reason, turkeys do something crazy on Halloween. They get sacrificed or they sacrifice cats, like the way we're trying to sacrifice cats and kids for your career there with the Illuminati. Um, how many kids have to die, Vinny? How many kids have to die in order for me for you to be famous? I'm running out of cats. I know. I don't know what to do. But I now turkeys, they did something that's sketchy, and the main turkey sees the president. The president looks at him and is like, you know what? The whole country is going to eat your brothers and sisters, and I will pardon you to live in shame for infamy. Yeah. That's the true story of Thanksgiving. <laughs> Yes, I cannot allow this turkey to be roasted on Thanksgiving. It's too good of a turkey. It's a great turkey, a terrific turkey, a very, very lively turkey. It's a very, it's very huge. It's very huge. Um, I like the orange color on his tail. It reminds me of my skin. Um, the yellow on his beak reminds me of piss stained hair. Um, Melania, what do you think? Yeah, whatever. <laughs>
and that's funny. It's like, hey, so there's a question. So, um, yeah, so I, of course, you know, as we know, Trump uh, has Melania and everything, which is kind of hilarious. And um, so, you ever think you might run for president one day? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think I'm well equipped to run a country. Um, I'm not well equipped to run my town. Um, this is the problem with running for president. So, um, if you're a mayor of a city, you have, you know, let's say a small city like coming, right? You have like 20, 10,000 people. That's 10,000, 20,000 different people you have to take care of. And not everybody's going to agree with you. Yeah. And then you have to run for governor. You have the whole state of Georgia, which carries how many people, right? Um, that's tough in itself. Then you have a whole country you're trying to run and no one's like, you have people who just fucking hate you just to hate you. You know, there's people who hate Joe Biden just because he's Joe Biden. He ran against Trump. And you know, there's people who hate Donald Trump because he's Donald Trump and they love Biden. Like, it makes no sense. People have legit hate for a person they never met. Yeah. They've seen a person on TV, but they don't know what the person really like. What if Trump is really a cool motherfucker to hang out with? What if Joe Biden, I know Joe Biden's cool to hell. Dude, I would hang out with Joe Biden any day of the week. He seems like a cool dude. I can sit and have a beer with him. He'd tell me some kind of cool story from Vietnam when he never went. And it'd be really cool. You know, it'd be really awesome. <laughs> yeah, I just, Hopefully he remembers your name. At, hopefully, if, but his, knowing Biden, though, he'll be like, hi, my name is Elvis. It's like, oh, I have all your records. I know he's going to say that. Oh, no, Kamala's going to say that. I have all your CDs. Sure. I have your records. I'm like, fuck you, Kamala. Fuck you, Kamala. <laughs> I knew who you were before you. He was a Ugandan giant. <laughs> he had a million star in his chest. And he was a threat. And he almost took out The Undertaker. Don't oh. get me started. Oh, I actually did that once on Twitter. There was this hashtag um, going around on Twitter like a long time ago that said hashtag I support Kamala. That's all it said. I took a picture of the WWE wrestler Kamala, put it up there, wrote hashtag I support Kamala, and I put for the Hall of Fame. And there were even there were even Democrats replying back to me going, "Well played!" Like everybody started laughing. It was the one my, that one tweet. Even even people who who love Kamala Harris wrote were writing me going. Look, I, I even I gotta admit that was pretty fucking funny. <laughs> it was just Yeah, I, I support I support Kamala's foot. <laughs> yes. Uh both of them. Uh, too, too soon, too soon. Nah. Hey. Well, well too so, soon. So no presidential president presidential aspirations, none whatsoever. And plus I wasn't born in this country. I was born in Austria. Really? Yeah, I came here when I was three months old. Damn, that's right. I, I didn't know that. Yeah, I got the Schwarzenegger thing, you know. I was born in Austria, <laughs> so did him. So uh you know, I can't, I don't have the cool accent like Arnold does. I wish I could. I, he was he was governor of California. <laughs> governor of a state he could not pronounce. It doesn't matter. <laughs> he was governor. That's the cool thing. He was fucking governor. Like imagine, oh Schwarzenegger, man, I love him. I grew up on him. He's always been a personal hero of mine, just from the standpoint that he was a foreigner that lived the American dream and did everything he ever set out to do. That is the coolest thing ever for a foreigner. I know. I'm. I, mean, I know you look at me, you're like, oh, white boy, white, white boy Elvis? Yeah, there's no way he's from anywhere else. Elvis Dolinsky, come on, guys. Ski, it's either Polish, Russian, or Romanian, and I just so happen to be a Romanian. Yeah, and what was really cool was the fact that I remember somebody on, on, on YouTube wrote one time where they were putting this, like, inspiring video that Arnold swore, that Arnold put out. Because a lot of his videos are inspiring because he, he's a very inspirational person when he gives, like, speeches and stuff. And somebody oh, great wrote, in motivation. Yeah, he's great in motivation. He doesn't stand to bullies or anything like yeah. that. Um, 
Yeah, so he's great. And one time somebody actually wrote, like, I can't imagine anyone not liking this guy. And I wrote back to him, obviously you weren't alive when he was governor. Because that's the thing. When he when he was, he was went from loved actor, hated politician, went back to acting, and everyone loved him again. Like, it was crazy. Like, he went through an oh, eight-year but- gap where he was governor of California, and nobody liked him. Then he gets out of office. He's back in the movies. He's back to being the Terminator, and everybody loved him. Well, I mean, like that's the thing. That's the thing about being a politician. That's why I couldn't live my life in that kind of limelight. Um, constantly being like, I mean, first of all, he's a movie star, so he's probably used to it. But a politician ring, whatever. There's so you ever watch House of Cards with Kevin Spacey on Netflix? I have not seen it, but I've heard about it. Well, it's it's a good series, but like the thing is, it kind of like I I don't get much into politics. That's why you never hear me ranting about you know the left or the right or the straight up middle. Um, you know, I. Don't support. I mean, I can't talk about politics really because you know I don't really care for it. I, I don't think yeah. I know well enough about the political system. I know of it. I know what each side does. Um, but the thing is, um, that kind of gives you like a, a a person who's like a casual fan watching, like kind of getting a glimpse of what it's like on the inside. You know, holding favors, doing favors for the people to get something in, in back, whatever. So it's like Vinny Bucci's like my show's going to be a clean cut or it's going to be. This great show that we're gonna have this, 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 and that. But then we get partner up with, let's say, iHeartRadio, and they're like, "Okay, Benny, well, we love you. You're perfect. Now change. We need you to do this, 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 and that." And then, like, so the promises you made before, although you want to keep them, albeit you have to change because other people have dirt on you or anything else. So it's a long list of things. I'm not sure what Schwarzenegger's topics were, or what he did for California, or what he did against it. Um, I'm not gonna do the research because I, I truly don't care about the matter. Um, but no matter what side you sit on, um, either the blue or the red, it's going to be chastised, broken down, and um, you know, exponentially uh, magnified through the lens of the news media, the newspapers, the radio, I mean, everything else. So again, it, that's like a, a slippery slope. You want to do good for the country, but then you get tangled up with a whole bunch of nonsense where it's, it, you know, it stops you from being the person you, you actually were when you first started. Absolutely. Yeah, I hear you, man. And that's, there's definitely a lot of truth to that. And I've always said, like, even though, you know, every now and then I'll say political stuff on the show, but that's only if something comes up that I'm like really passionate about and have something to say. I don't go out, I don't hit every, you're not going to, you're not going to get like, oh, uh, this week in politics, I, if something this week didn't happen that interests me, I don't care. But if something does happen, I'll, I'll mention every now and then. But I tell people right off the bat, I'm not Bill Maher. I am not a political expert. I could not go on his show and debate him. He'd eat me alive because I'm not a political person. But it's like in wrestling. Wrestling's my area of expertise. You can put any wrestling booker, writer on here. I can talk, have a conversation, and debate them. Will I win? Maybe. I got a shot. But that's just how I am with that. So that yeah, I'm was- the same way. And things like, you know, with your friends, like, you know, Mr. Von Hessler, you know, um, you know he has a great show that I listen to now. And I would have to say, I wish I was as, as knowledgeable about the political system. And the thing is, like, he's right. It's almost like he kind of reminds me of, like, John Stewart back when he was taking the helm. And I know I know, Trevor's um, been doing some good stuff, too, but I always love John Stewart. Me, too. Um, the way he could sit there and, like, kind of throw a magnifying glass into the political system and break it down for stupid people like me when it comes to politics. Um, because if you watch a certain news station, that's where your party lies. And it kind of sucks. So, for me... I don't really get into it. I know it's our country. I think I believe wholeheartedly that if um, you want to make real change in the United States, you should just vote for whatever's 
in your state, not for the whole nation. The president, the presidential race is always going to be a toss up who you're going to vote for as, late, as long as you get your vote in. But if you want real change in life that you really feel something and passionate about, local lo local government is where you want to vote. And if you don't, don't vote for local, then you can't complain about stuff in your jurisdiction. Exactly. And uh, while we're on the subject of this, eventually we're gonna we're gonna veer off into something else. Uh, Elvis mentioned earlier how we got you know basically three more shows like this and two more, and then we're taking off. Now I've mentioned this before on the Boochcast, but I'm gonna tell it again just in case any new listeners that are jumping in. Um, my original plan for 2020, when this year started, my original plan was we were going to have a summer vacation for the Boochcats. We were going to take off for the whole summer, and we were going to devote that time to our YouTube channel, our Twitch, our Facebook, our Twitter, and our Instagram. So we're still going to be producing content. We just wouldn't be here on SoundCloud every week. And I have, and I have classic episodes on my hard drive, sitting in the can, old interviews that I've done, interviews I did with, when Buff and I were teaming up. I still got those. So I was going to put those out as classics for y'all to listen to while we focus on the other content. But then the COVID hit, and and the, everything got shut down. Everybody was told to stay home, and we knew that you guys, we knew that you listen, you guys were stuck at home, and some of you were bored, which I still have yet to figure out how that happened. I don't know how that's possible in 2020 to be bored with all the options you have of listening. If this was if this was the 90s, I could understand y'all being bored at home. Totally, I get it all the time. But I it didn't make sense to me. But we thought, hey, let's keep putting out content for you guys. Let's give y'all something to listen to while you're stuck at home. Give you guys some stuff to entertain. Well, now we see things starting to wind down. We just had the Survivor Series watch party. Uh, this past uh, last Sunday, which is up on the Twitch channel right now, if you want to check it out, we'll be adding it to the, we'll be transitioning it to the YouTube channel very soon as well. Uh, once we get that started, so you guys can check that out. So we're starting. So now I feel like we're taking off for the holidays, but it's not going to be just a holiday break. This break's going to be a long one, but we're just going to be taking a break from the from the SoundCloud. We're not taking a break from everything else. So you'll see Twitch stuff, YouTube stuff. We're going to be getting together, putting out content. You know, hell, we might even sit down and record something that way. Okay, when we come back, boom, it's here. So here's the plan right now. Apparently, in the presidential race, we were talking about Joe Biden earlier. It looks like Biden is going to be the president. Now, there's some people out there that think that with the over that, you know, something might happen in the Supreme Court and Trump gets it for another 4 years. So Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I It's probably not going to happen, but you never know. This year's been unpredictable, basically. So the plan we're going to have is right around January 20th, once we know for sure who's getting sworn in and who's going to have the job, we're going to reconvene then and figure out what to do. Because if Biden is elected and he does, in fact, shut the country down again, which I've heard he's going to do, my brother who follows politics more than I do have said that he's kind of backpedaled on that. So we don't think that's going to happen. But if the country does get shut down again, we will we will go then we will come back early and we will put out more shows for you guys while you're at home. If he doesn't, then we might come back possibly in the possibly uh, if I can give a timeline this sometime in the spring. Definitely but definitely before or after WrestleMania. I can promise that. But well, so that's a long time there, Vinny. I mean, how you going to feed your your birds out there who wants to sit there and listen to your melodious voice and my melodious voice. I mean, oh, how am I supposed to listen to a show and hear my voice? Am I supposed to record something on the computer and play it back? I can't have that many. I think I think spring is way too long. Our, our followers, our, our fans 
need content. Now we can take a small hiatus, but spring, Vinny, are you joking? Spring? You're crazy. Well, I think as a bonus, when a presidential gets the person, the president gets sworn in, whoever the person might be. Uh, I think it's Biden, but at the same time, I don't really know because stranger things have happened. Like I said, we don't um, know. But so whenever we, you know, after Christmas, after New Year's, um, after presidential, I mean, it doesn't have to be anything else more than just us saying, hey, what's up, fans? How you doing? Don't forget about us. This is Vinny. This is Elvis. The Lansky cast. The Lansky cast. Party time. Excellent. It's sucking my way to live. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, Vinny. I'm sorry, well, Vinny. Like I can't wait. I can't wait. Get it out of there. We're going to make that a t-shirt, by the way. That is on the list. I, I got to. We got to. Um, yeah, so I Can't Wait is definitely going to be made into a t-shirt. We got to get that made. But also. It's going to say, I can't wait. That's exactly. <laughs> and, um, and ladies and gentlemen, another thing we're going to talk about here, speaking of uh, Elvis and his singing, before we went live, um, we were we're doing this <laughs> thing right now where we've got kind of a video thing going on. I don't know if I'm going to do anything with it, but this is definitely going to be out in audio. Whether we put it out in video, we'll see. But when Elvis put his video on on Discord, and I finally got my camera to work, it was like he started looking kind of pixelated. So as a joke, I said, hey, it's 8-Bit Elvis. And Elvis pulls out, and I have it right here, the 8-Bit. That's why if, you listen, if you're wondering what that song was at the beginning of the show, that was an 8-bit version of the song Africa by Toto. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, I heard this song before, but I'm thinking, what video game is it from? That's my thought. I had no idea that was Toto doing Africa. Yeah, they have a whole, like, section on him. I, I think it's called, what's the, what's the video I sent you? Like, 8-bit music, right? Yes. So they have, like, Jurassic Park. They have, like, Star Wars. They have, like... You know, get lucky. They have the Ghostbusters theme. I mean, they got so many different videos out there. That was the first one that popped up was uh, Toto, which I love Toto Africa. I mean, I love that song. Now, I know it's been redone to hell. I think like Weezer did it. Um, some other band did it. Um, I like the original. I remember like um, shit, like ten years ago. Uh, me, my brother, uh, my sister, and my significant other at the time, we were driving to Savannah, and. Uh, I made a playlist on iPod. That's I'm showing my age right there. My iPod. Um, my iPod had like hours upon hours, but I made a certain playlist for this road because I know it takes how many hours to get there, how many hours to get back. Yeah. So I mean, like, I I think I make the best road trip music in the world. So you know, um, road tripping. Anyway, I got a lot of different songs. So Total came on, and everybody was blasting singing that song. Everybody like you could be like, you know, when you're driving and you're all drained out, you're tired from driving, you're on the road for what anything more than two hours, three hours on the road, you're just like, oh, you're trying to keep focus, whatever. And you listen to music, everything's going well, people are getting kind of tired because we're driving late at night, and all of a sudden total comes on, and all of a sudden out of nowhere, this lively spirited people who were once asleep wake up and say, Gotta keep me alive to keep me away from you. There's nothing but a hundred men on Mars will never do. I've blessed the rains down in Africa. Everybody. It was pretty <laughs> nice. I'm like, man, this is the best thing ever. It's like karaoke in a car or, or carpool karaoke. <laughs> yeah, Sorry, awesome. my, microphone, my microphone decided to not work. It's like the cord is like, oh, I'm going to take a hiatus from the show. <laughs> David Blue, David Blue, stop jumping on your cord. Go back to your home. 
<laughs> but yeah, and you know, we- the, Vinny, you know, you know, the microphone, his name is Blue. Yes, Blue. Yes, Blue. Uh, old Blue, he some, sometimes he worked, sometimes he not worked. Sometimes you got to force him to work. Well, I mean, I got him tied up. So Blue is the microphone that Vinny um, actually gifted me um, yes. when I asked for it. <laughs> um, I'm like, uh, hey, I could call you in for a show or you could just give me your old microphone and we could actually do this proper because um, the show's passed before. I think for the past couple of weeks, it's been working a lot better. But he gave me his old microphone because he's got a, a studio grade now because he is in the Boochcast studio, uh, studio. Yeah. So I was like, hey, I was like, why don't you give me your old microphone and make it work? He's like, well, the thing's kind of shitty. I'm like, I'll make it work. <laughs> and, I figured, and I figured out a way to make it work, but you know how? How? So where the tripod, the little base where it goes on there, what I did was I tied the cord around the base on it so it sticks on there, so it's not constantly trying to fall out and try to hold it. You just tie the you just tie the cord around the base, plug it in. This thing never comes out except for when I'm fidgeting with this fucking microphone, which I do from time to time. So yeah, it can happen if you're it can happen when you're holding it. I used to be able to like. Cause I, there were times where I would hold it and walk around the studio, like whenever my whenever I was getting tired from sitting it, down. And it feels like one of those old timey microphones, which is really fucking cool. So that's why I like it. Though it seems like one of those old timey ones, those big round ones, and um, it, it's it's pretty cool. I like it. It looks like a little, I don't know, a black. It looks like a it looks like a black cue ball, um, like the eight ball. Eight ball. Except yeah. instead of saying eight, it just says blue. It's yeah. like no, you're, you're a number. Not a color. What the hell's wrong with you, Blue? <laughs> yeah, it, it's a black microphone that has blue on it. It's like it. I. It's black, but it identifies as blue. It does. It, it's its color identity. Stupid microphone. Stupid microphone. <laughs> drunken Thanksgiving. All right. Yes, we are. We are on the drunken Thanksgiving. Yeah, Benny drinking his fucking root beer. You son of a bitch. <laughs> you told me to get beer. You didn't say what kind. You are a bitch. You knew about this. This is supposed to be our drunken thing. Now I got to drink for two. Okay, that's stupid. You might as well just drink in carbonated milk. <laughs> carbonated milk. I'm not. Carbonated milk. That has not come out yet. They should. I don't know who drank it, but kids will love it. Yeah. <laughs> Sponsored by Frosted Flakes. Mm-hmm. They're great. Give me my fucking money. They're not that great. <laughs> they're really they're it's, not. No, we should say it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> they're okay. <laughs> that would be a better story. It's FDA approved in China. <laughs> uh, yeah, so one thing, um, I, I guess I, I'm trying to pull up some stuff here. I got, uh, here's an interesting thing. Cause, uh, as we mentioned before, we had the Survivor Series uh, watch party uh, last Sunday. Sadly, Elvis was uh, unable to attend the event. Sadly. Sadly. I know Vinny was so sad. I was, man, because it's fun yeah, to watch. You, 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 you had a little teardrop in your eye. I noticed that. A little bit, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. I I, I was I was having fun with the group that was there, but it's always. Well, I mean, I saw, I saw what happened. I was, watching, I was watching it live. I paused it, and I saw your face. I saw a little teardrop, and when I superimposed it and pressed the magnifying glass and got farther up. It was a teardrop with my name on it. I was like, oh, my God, he really does miss me. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, I just, yeah, my tears spell out words now. They're making, like, uh, yeah. little shapes. Yeah, it's like it Lily weird. has rolling down. It's spelling E-L-V-I. <laughs> well, what happened was he, he had a teardrop so, so many times, he's actually got a teardrop tattoo on his eye now, which is really weird. I'm like, Benny, 
That means you killed someone in prison, dude. I'm not sure <laughs> that's a good look on you. Well, retail is like a prison. <laughs> but anyway, which, by the way, you, which, by the way, you Shawshanked your way out. <laughs> You're no longer out. in it. Yeah. We're going to Shawshank Redemption this bitch. <laughs> Oh, dude. Andy Dufresne, Andy Dufresne, the man who crawled through a bottle of shit would come out clean on the other side. <laughs> I miss my friend. I wondered if I'd ever see him again. I love that movie. I could watch that movie every day. Yeah, man. Hey, speaking of like, oh yeah, by the way, you ever you ever seen this, uh, are you familiar with this guy on YouTube named Tut Weezy? Can't say I have. Dude, this guy's hilarious. That's where I got the whole Shawshank Redemption. This bitch. Um, this guy, he he has, he has he's a YouTuber, and he does these um he does some of these videos and skits and stuff. And one of them is he does cartoons, but he puts himself in the SpongeBob universe. So he's got like this fish character that he created that sounds like him, and he just roasts everybody and. <laughs> He, and sometimes he like he'll take scenes from a SpongeBob episode and insert them in there and time it to where he's talking to the other person. You know, <laughs> like he did this one scene. Um, like remember when Squidward was homeless? I you know it's weird. I watch SpongeBob. We have a twenty four seven channel for SpongeBob here at my house. Oh really? So twenty four hours a day, commercial free. SpongeBob. What's my daughter watch every time she comes over here? SpongeBob. We watched a new movie, by the way, which is fantastic. So we watched twenty four seven, and it's funny. You, Squidward was homeless. I've never seen that episode. That's crazy because I know that if he wanted to, he he could live with SpongeBob. Yeah, he eventually moves in with SpongeBob in that episode. But there's a scene where he's going spare change, spare change, ma'am, and SpongeBob comes over. So they're doing that scene, but instead of SpongeBob coming over, it's Tut in the, in the fish character comes over. He goes, he goes. He goes, is that a is that a, is that a lonely squid inside a cardboard box? He goes, uh, and he closes the door, and then he opens the door, and this is like the scene with SpongeBob. So you gotta like take out SpongeBob and place with Tut. He goes, and he's like, oh damn, is that you, Squid? You fucked <laughs> up out here. He's like, your dumbass should have never quit if you ain't have a backup plan, baby. And Squidward goes, I must be Jimmy. He goes, shh, don't let anybody know you know me. I got ripping these streets. They can't see me talking <laughs> to you, B. <laughs> and then. And then he's like, so where are you staying at these days? And he's like, what? He goes, and they said, um, and then the guy goes over, Squidward Tentacles? Yes, sign here. And they take the cardboard box. He goes, um, nowhere. And he goes, damn, man, you smell like regret and sorrow. <laughs> actually, you smell, actually, you smell like, you smell like, like three-day-old sushi that nobody ate, but they let, say, they left it on the counter and didn't put it in the fridge, so it started getting moldy. Like, he gets all suspicious with his insults. <laughs> and he just wow. like, and he like narrows them down. He goes, "Why don't you sell those, hey man, hey man? I, I'm out, you dude. You gotta do what I do, man. I'm out here selling dick and dope. I don't need a job no more." <laughs> he's like, he's like, "Don't you get it? I'm a loser." He goes, "I was too, man. I'm trying to help you." It's like, "Why do you sell those flat screen TVs? Nobody would take them, so I had to eat them." And he had the big square there because he's saying like, because that was his paintings. So he starts crying. He's like, all right, I gotta get the fuck up out of here. This is too much. <laughs> but I'm telling you, he does all of these. Like he has some where like other YouTubers come in and then like they, they come in as different characters and he makes fun of, and they make fun of each other and, and they do this whole roast battle. Like he's like, he's like, man, your arms are so long. You could tie your shoes standing straight up. <laughs> 
But the best one was when he was when he when he does the character in the hospital, and the flying Dutchman comes in. <laughs> And he's like, wow. your time has come. He goes, man, who are you? The ghost of Sprite past? <laughs> you need to tell me about all the Sprites I had you drink and how I didn't appreciate them enough. <laughs> he goes, you're going to the worst place for all bad undersea folk. Oh, snap. We're going to the strip club, ain't we? <laughs> he's like, you're going. Where am I going? He goes, Davy Jones locker. And he's like, you look like the stench from a locker. Wow. It's fucking great. I'm telling you. I'm going to send you the link. It is so goddamn funny, this guy. This is your gift. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's like, he literally is like, ama- this guy's hilarious. Like, he's done like, like he said, he has other YouTubers on his show. He collaborates with them. But I'm telling you, he's got a lot of content on here, but the SpongeBob stuff is the only one worth watching. I don't watch the other stuff, so I can't, I can't vouch for that. I see that here. But I, yeah, I, so I can't vouch for the other stuff that he has on his page. Like he does like Teen Titans stuff and all that. But the I love Spon- Teen Titans. But the SpongeBob in the hood, that's the stuff you want to watch. I don't understand why you never got into like a whole like, are you, so you're not really big on comic books, are you? I, I am and I'm not. I mean, when I was a kid, the, the one comic book I always collected was Superboy. I was a Superboy guy. Really? Yeah, love Superboy. We all of them. Superboy? Yeah, that was the guy. So wait. Um, I got a question. Was the Superboy like its own title? Was a Superboy from like the death of the four Supermans after he died? It was his own title. It was yeah. It was the one where he okay. wears, it's the one where he wears the leather jacket with the gold S on the back. That's well, that's what I'm Boy. talking about because like so, if I remember this correctly, and I think I'm pretty good when it comes to DC. So, did you ever read the Death of Superman, the comic book? Uh, I never read it, but I'd heard of it. So when I was a kid, I mean, big comic book fan. I mean, I was like, it was, it was, I read comic books and collected those little cards and collected the toys um, before it was cool. Like now it's, it's like, it's pop culture now, but back then it wasn't. So I remember uh, growing up and, uh, you know, we didn't have a lot of shit. So I remember I'd go to uh, 7-Eleven or go to Jewel, Osco, or one of those stores that we have. Like, like our Kroger up north in Chicago was called Jewel Osco. And then whenever we go to Jewel Osco, I'd go to the the magazine section. One, look at the WWF magazine, because why wouldn't you? Um, but once that magazine's in there, it's in there for a whole fucking month. We go to we go to groceries every fucking week. So I go look at the comic books. And then I remember in particular the Death of Superman, you could not read it because it had a plastic casing, a plastic bag. To make sure you just couldn't sit there and read it, you had to buy the motherfucker. Oh, I remember those. I, I begged and pleaded and begged and pleaded and begged and pleaded with my mom for days. And I got some ass weapons because of it. But I begged, please, I need to read this comic. It is impaired. Superman fucking die. I don't know how he did. I need to find out what happened. So long story short, Superman died. He fucking gets destroyed. And, yeah, I cried. I was like, no, Superman died! And then, like, you know, because it was like, they wanted to get a big cash grab. That's all it was. It was a cash grab to have, like, the Man of Steel fucking die. And then after that, they came back with four different iterations of Superman. I think it was, like, John Henry Steele, Vindicator, um, Superboy. But they like, I'm not Superboy, I'm Superman. I don't remember the other one. 
fuck, I don't remember. I think it was like the red and white one, if I'm not mistaken. But like, Vindicator was like this asshole. Like, imagine like, um, you ever watch The Boys on Amazon? Um, I haven't watched it, but I know of it. I've seen clips of it. But, so the main, so the main character, his name is Homelander. That, that that's the Superman that Vindicator was. John John Steele was like a, a a black Superman who made his own armor and he could fly and do all the stuff, whatever. He had Superboy. He had like this um, sunglasses, like these little Matrix glasses, whatever, with a jack with a leather jacket with the S on the back too. But there was the fourth one too. I just can't think. I'm, I'm not even gonna pull it up. That's. I mean, I know we had Superboy. Then we had Superman, Superboy. Um. So I don't remember which iteration you're looking at. I'm. I don't know either. It just said. All I know is it said Superboy on the cover. That was all okay. I knew. Okay. I was trying to figure out, but like, yeah, man, we're in an influx of things. I just don't understand. So you you only watch some of them. I mean, which is cool. But I I always loved it, man. I've always liked comic books since I was a kid. I just think like the storytelling, when done properly, it's done awesomely. So cool. Oh, yeah. I mean, it really was. It, I mean, I'm just saying, I collected Superboy religiously. Like when my brother and I lived in New Jersey, um, we used to go to the Freehold Raceway Mall, and they had a store in there called Zap Comics, and we would go in there at least once a week and see if there's any any comic books collected to get. I would always... I always got Superboy. Uh, Sonny used to collect Sonic the Hedgehog comic books. Um, we did. We would get a couple Batman ones from time to time, but Superboy was my main comic that I had to look for. I look for. I look for volumes and issues all the time. Yeah, because like I remember, like now, like right now, the the landscape, and this is the way the landscape's going right now. Marvel's been kicking ass when it comes to the movies. Like their yes. movies are amazing. DC. Yes. Yeah, DC is kind of a little behind. I think, like, they're finally getting their shit together because they were just pumping movies out to pump them out. And once they saw the formula that Marvel was using, they tried using it and replicating it, but it wasn't done correctly, even though Sam Snyder is fucking amazing what he does. But you know what beats Marvel live-action movies? What? DC animated movies. They are hands down the best things out there. So if you ever have like anything that says in um, Warner animation, Warner brothers animation, uh, the flash paradox, um, justice league, dark apocalypse war. I mean, Oh my goodness. So, so well written. So well done. I mean, I could watch them all. They're so damn good. I, have to, I go on my app that I have here. I'm watching all these different war animations and there's so many, to catch up with. I saw The Killing Joke. I saw Death in the Family. Um, you know, even The Death of Superman. They're actually an animated thing on there. Yeah. What beats Marvel wholeheartedly is Warner Brothers animation. I oh. gotta say that. Oh, totally, man. Totally. They're very, very, they're very, very good at what they do. And The Killing Joke is just amazing. That's an amazing piece of film. And that's also why the, the Joker with Joaquin Phoenix is loosely based on that character. It kind of is, and it's kind of not, though. So that now I think DC have the right perspective on how to make their movies now. So they're going to incorporate a whole bunch of different things. Um, I think, like, you know, DC's got a big uh, contract with HBO now. I've heard, yeah. So they're going to relaunch um, DC in a whole different light. DC is way darker, because I, I would imagine this. Let's, let's break it out in wrestling terms. Um, Marvel is like WWE. 
mainstream. They have the main characters. Everybody knows who they are. They're well-established people and everything else. DC is AEW. Like, totally. But way better. But and, and way and, better. And their characters are more well-known to the, to the mainstream. But the thing is, like, it's like um, DC can cuss. They can use vulgar language. They can sit there and use grotesque things to get away with stuff. I think one of my favorite Batman cartoons from Warner Brothers that they came out, Warner Brothers Animation, was Batman Hush. Oh, I heard of that. That is by far one of the best stories. And the thing is, I'm not going to tell anybody any, anything about it. You have to watch it because it's got all the main characters on there. But there's a main character who, who's a villain of Batman. So he doesn't, you don't think would be amazing. And then you watch this. It's like, oh my God, this thing was the best thing ever. It was amazing. I'd seen like a few clips of it, but I'd never seen the whole film. I even saw Batman versus Ninja Turtles. Oh, was that is that is that worth watching at all? I mean, I guess for me, I'm a big Ninja Turtles fan, you know, yeah. and I'm also um, a Batman fan. It wasn't as great as I wanted to, but given the content, but you know, Ninja Turtles—they're all these cookie cutter, clean cut what turtles, whatever on the cartoons. Yeah, you know, it was very gory and very graphic. It was a graphic novel that was way dark seated, like it was like a darker setting than what it is what we see the turtles like as today. Yeah, and the, well, the live action movies were also kind of dark. Like the first one was well, really dark. No, 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 no. Well, I'm not saying that. I'm saying like, so yeah, the cartoons, even the movies were kind of dark. I, it's still cheesing away, but it wasn't dark as you wanted to be. Like, you, I want to see Raphael literally slice somebody up. I want to see Leo cut off a leg or a limb. That's what I want to oh, see. Okay. Um, so, but the thing is, like in the comic books, before they became popular, before they got a contract with Viacom or whatever it was. Um, there, the comic book was very dark. It was very graphic. So if you look into the early histories of Ninja Turtles, it is ridiculously graphic and dark. And it's like, if you think the movie was bad, um, it was, was way darker way back before it became, it had any kind of popularity oh, yeah. from what it took off from. Well, I remember that because there's a show on Netflix called The Toys That Made Us. And if you, have you ever seen that? Oh, I saw it. I did see. I saw all of them. I saw the one with He-Man. Yes. Uh, with Barbie. Yeah, 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 yeah. They did a Teenage Ninja Turtles episode. They talked about, like, the two friends who created the Ninja Turtles. Like, they went through a long, like, de like decades where they had a falling out, didn't speak for years. And the show brought them back together again. That's true. And you literally see them at the end just, sitting, just sitting in a room drawing together. Like, it's so fucking insane. Sometimes what you got to do, you just sit there and go into a dark room and just there and chat it up and do what you do best. Like for us, some people, they just talk. Some people draw. Some people make music. Some people game together. Yeah, man. You know, whatever, whatever brings you back to original love when it comes to it, though. I guess with you and I, our our love comes from our love of wrestling. We yeah. sat there and, you know, we, we joked around. When we first met, we sat there just <laughs> – the first time we met, I remember – so I went to that, that, that Hooters thing, whatever, for like the longest time. So I didn't know the whole crowd there. I just knew that down the street from my house was a Hooters that hosted pay-per-views, which I don't want to shell out the, the 50 or $60 for the pay-per-view. So I went to Hooters. Okay, well, I get to have some food, get drunk, and hang out with like-minded people. Cool. So we had the whole group over there. But eventually, I think you came in late this one time. You come in there, and you are just sitting there like cracking jokes. And uh, it was funny because <laughs> I don't know who you were at the time. Um we're like, hey, I'm video. Hey, I'm Elvis. Whatever. So we start talking, whatever, and we're like doing like uh, a riff on The Rock, <laughs> on being a salesman. 
No, I think we well we did that, but we all, but we did one with with Paul. It was we were doing dueling Paul Bearer impressions. Oh, that's right. That's right. And at one point, we talked about Paul Bearer being a car salesman. <laughs> and we just we and it was like you did it, I did it, and then we just started cracking up because we were just somehow we were able to pull that off. I don't know how the hell we did it, but we were doing like dueling Paul Bearer impressions. Oh yes, that's got the answer like great. <laughs> it gets seven miles to the gallon. I think that was exactly oh, what I said. Look at the gas guzzler. <laughs> look at the luxury on this vehicle. <laughs> Expected by 10-year <laughs> I'm killing his voice. I love Percy, man. He's awesome. Oh, like, he his so voice great. was so unmistakable, you know? It was so perfect. Oh, yeah. I, I also love the fact that they they put, like, that hologram of him during Taker's uh, Farewell at Survivor Series. Which I think it's that's going to be one of the coolest technologies out there to have a hologram of something, you know? Like, actually seeing that, that's pretty fucking cool, man, in my opinion. Yeah, and they had it set up perfectly when Taker's down there and it had Paul Bear like as if he was actually standing there holding the urn. Like they just timed it so perfectly. I think it'd be pretty cool. Like, so if you have a championship match, like so, either either side, either being like I'll be at Raw or SmackDown. I think it'd be pretty cool if they had that that hologram thing, whatever. But having like a row of champions before them. Like, just the whole row of champions for champions that had passed being right there, right next to them, that'd be, that'd be a trip to watch. Yeah. So, so let's say, like, you know, eventually when, you know, John Cena passes and Randy Orton passes, you know, in their respective times, obviously, and then, like, having all these champions from the past, the present, walking down the aisle, and as soon as you walk past it, it disappears. That would be such a mind trip, I think. I don't know. Having that 3D hologram technology for that, why not? Oh, totally, dude. Like yeah, I think Night of Champions would be the perfect place to do that. Oh wow, that's that. Wow, that's a good call. Yeah, like it's a night. Of, so like, it, let's say you're having a match for the WWE Championship. All some we pick some legendary WWE champions of the past up there. Or if it's the Intercontinental Championship, put some of the best Intercontinental champions and tag team best tag teams. Like put those up there. I think. Oh my be- god! I mean that that'd be so badass. Like having like. You know, Legion of Doom, the Heart Foundation, Roddy Piper out there for the Intercontinental, Razor Ramon, you know, like all those people. Like, that'd be so, that would be such a mind trip. Just oh, going down and oh. seeing the people looking out into them, you know? It was even better. You, and if you're the actual wrestler yourself, you get to sit there and pick which wrestler you want supporting you on your side. That'd be so cool. Oh, yeah. Like, I think, it, and I think it should be like champion's pick. Absolutely. Because that that because you don't you know that's who I think should pick it like whoever the champion is should be able to go and say okay here are the list of champions I want on the on there and then they go out because that way because in the because in the beginning that's who's going to be representing the belt is the champion because you don't know if the champ's going to retain or lose the belt so the champion should get that pick. Well, I mean, at the same time, I think the champion and the challenger should pick who should be on their side as well. Okay, I can see that. It's a pipe dream. I think it's going to be pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's totally a pipe dream. I don't see them doing that. And you know there's going to be that one fan that's going to complain, why is he up there? You know, trust me. It's like, oh, shut up. Exactly. How about this? Why don't you just shut the front door? Because I want to hear it. Like, what's the point (laughs) of it all? 
But um, hey, man. So I got to tell you, man. I've been. Um, have you been getting into games lately? Any any new games you've been playing around with as of right now? Uh, it's uh, it's been a while since I played any. Um, I will. The last game that I played was uh, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. Um, okay. And I kept getting my ass kicked by Android 18, so I had to stop for a while. She is hard to fucking beat. Desmond's bragging he beat the game in like a couple of days. So, but I was. Yeah, he's probably going on YouTube too and figuring out tips and tricks on how to get past it. You don't. Yeah, I mean, I I sometimes do that. Like when I like when I have difficulty finding something, I'll watch the video on YouTube to see where they looked for it, and then I go looking for it and I find it. I do the same thing. Like I, I mean, um. Uh, that's, I mean, I haven't played that series yet. I haven't played any of them, but uh, there's a game I'm playing right now. I've been into the whole series from day one and still there's a new one. that just came out last week. Um, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Oh my God. This game is awesome. I'm surprised that, uh, Ivar and whatever his name is from the Viking Raiders aren't in it because it's a Viking based Assassin's Creed game. This game, I'll be playing this game for at least six months to eight months for sure. And I might beat the game by then or not just beat the game but finish everything i want to do because like i would just play assassin's creed just to beat the game that's not my point my game is to literally unlock every treasure every small little clue and whatever artifacts and everything else i literally get everything on that damn game yeah i try to do that sometimes you know, most of the time when I play, I try to do the same thing and see what I can find, what I can. Well, I know you, man. You got a life, and you want to pursue pussy at the same time, so you have to like have some kind of. Balance. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know, I mean, that... save some, pussy. you know, save some pussy for Desmond and Zach out there. Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm gonna save. Well, I I want to save some for Zach, but it. But by the time I get to Zach, it expires. So, um, you know, so is, that, I... is that seal? Is that seal even broken on that one? Uh, I think it is. Like he's like he's he's been to the mountaintop, just not. He's been to the mountaintop, just not in a long time. He's he's got the longest dry spell out of all of us, hands down. Is it two years running? What? Is it more than two years running? Oh, definitely more than two. Definitely more than two. So, here's a little disclosure out there for all our fans out there in the Boochcast. If you are a lady who has very low standards, who just wants to toss one out for a guy who hasn't been late in a while. This guy will blast like an eruption on a volcano. There's going to be ash everywhere. It's going to be kind of weird. You might see some rumbling, some rocks, some kidney stones blown out. But listen, for the greater good of America, for the greater good of the show, and by God, for humanity as well, this guy needs to take a load off. And I'm not saying just on a Mitch or on a sock or anything else like that. He needs some real physical contact. Um... So let's do a hashtag, get the ginger laid. Um, hashtag, he needs it. Hashtag, he'll probably blast somebody unless he does. So let's make Hashtag. someone's new year. 2020 has been a hard year for all of us. Yes. Well, let's make it easier for at least one soulless ginger who obviously hasn't been to the mountaintop in a long time. I'm, I'm make sure you know what it looks like. I'm pretty sure he runs around in flip-flops. Just remember what it sounds like. <laughs> yes, he's a, he's a fine Irish lad who... Just who just needs some um, TLC for his shillelagh. I'm like Zach. I'm like Zach. Why are you running around the sandals? He's like, I figured out what it sounds like, so I just want to replicate that sound again. <laughs> Speaking of Zach, I got to talk about this. He called me a few days ago. Apparently, I think it was on last week's uh, show. We made some uh, references to uh, Mitch, and uh, it pissed him off. Apparently, what? <laughs> Why like, would I piss him off? 
I guess he's like, he's like, he's like, what is it with you guys in this mattress? I'm like, Elvis got drunk one day, wrote some of the best fan fiction erotica I'd ever heard in my life. And we just Welcome. ran with it ever since. Like, that's what happens. It's like when you write a masterpiece, it doesn't go away. It's like, you know, when Freddie Mercury, he may have died years ago from AIDS, but his songs carry on. Um, you know, that Mitch story was my swan song. Um, <laughs> it was, and, oh my God, it was like so beautifully written though. Like he's like, I was literally, he's like, it's like every 10 minutes, there's like a pair, there's like three paragraphs and another three paragraphs and another, and I'm just like reading all the juice, man. I was feeling it. I was feeling like, all right, man, well, um. It's one o'clock in the morning. Who's up? Well, who's not up, but we'll be up for this. Been able to be. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I was definitely awake for that. And I'm like, holy shit, this is hilarious. I could have said it to Zach because Zach would just be like, you talking about me. I'm like, I know, but listen. <laughs> it's funny. Like, this is actually good shit. That's some good shit. That's some good shit. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. <laughs> I'm so glad we both went there. We did some good shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so speaking of Vince McMahon, um, last, like I said, last week when we did the Survivor Series uh, watch party, John brought this up, and apparently one of the things he wanted to talk about was the whole issue with like WWE wrestlers not being able to go on Twitch anymore or something like that, or they're they're doing this whole third party yeah. issue. Right. I don't know, Elvis. How do you yeah. feel about it? Well, I mean, I have some qualms about it. Um, first and foremost, um, clearly, we, they had some layoffs, okay? Um, a lot of people lost their jobs. They have the, a 90-day no-compete. Um, so, yeah, they're getting furloughed. They're getting paid for a small bit. Then they're going to get fired. But at the same time, this is the way I feel, and this is the only way I feel. Uh, these people who are currently not doing house shows where they make most of their bread and butter, um, it's like having um, – let me break it down in simple terms you go to a barnum and bailey circus they make money based on the ticket sales but also they make money based on balloons popcorn memorabilia sold same thing can be said about the wrestling world these are independent contractors who are getting themselves putting themselves out there putting on a show for us which is the best show in the world i don't care what anybody says it's the best show in the world um but they're putting their heart souls and tears and try to deliver storylines painting a picture in that canvas us to be entertained visually and based on how much we love it we're going to buy a t-shirt we're going to buy gloves we're going to buy a poster we're going to buy keychains we're going to buy stickers if you don't have the revenue to see people live so for instance if i can't see kenny omega live if i can't see the young bucks if i can't see my people if i can't see finn balor if i can't see um johnny gargano live then they're not i'm not going to sit there and just go on we shop and buy it because i'm not going to because I'm, it's it's too far the, the distance between me and my computer or my phone while I'm watching the product to go on there just to buy a t-shirt is not going to happen. You can sit there and throw a promo code and say, save 50% off t-shirts right now. I'm not going to do it. But if I'm at the show and I watch the show and I'm truly impacted by what I'm seeing, impulse buys happen all the time. Dude, I go to the Walmart. I go to Target. I go to all these different places. I do impulse buys. And that's exactly what a show is. It's impulsive buy, impulse buying. No, some people go out there knowing that they know for sure. Like Vinny, I know when you go to a show, you can't leave a show without at least buying one or two shirts. 
I know you don't go in there without buying a hat or a program or something that has some something that you watch. Yeah. I know you have something from every TV show, we are every show you and I have been to, AEW, WWE, whatever the case is, you always buy something. That's your intent. That's your intention when you go out there. For me, I'm more on the other side where like, oh, I want to be entertained first. And it's going to be an impulse buy. Impulse buys gathered by thousands of people in the same area, watching people buy stuff triggers you to buy stuff as well. Yeah. So it's all about the impulse. If these people are not making their money off their t-shirts, their action figures, their posters, their stuff, whatever, I believe wholeheartedly, now given that they are characters from WWE, that if they were not to use their names and make up their own names and have a YouTube and Twitch channel, I think they should use it. They should be able to do it or even use their names. It brings more eyes on a product because a person, so for instance, Cesaro, like I'm always going to praise his name because I think he's the best. Cesaro's not being pushed away. I want him to be on WWE, but with his Twitch channels and everything else, I follow him and everything else because I support him wholeheartedly. I think that if he's not making that Cesaro money, which it's not a lot because he doesn't have a lot of merchandise out there as opposed to Braun Strowman, Bray Wyatt, um, you know, uh, Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, um, they're not making their money. Especially in a time where business is slow, you're still having you're still on TV, but you don't have those live you don't have the live shows because you have Raw and SmackDown, but they do house shows as well. So they're missing on all that revenue. Now, given they make a lot of money, at the same time they're still used to and accustomed to a living a certain way. So I believe that they should have the rights to do Twitch. They should have a right to do fans only, given parameters and rules that WWE sets up. Like you can't sit there and be nude. You can't sit there and do that. You got to be professional. You got to you're representing WWE. You can't sit there and smoke a blunt, Matt Riddle. Um, you can't sit there and do stupid stuff like that. Okay, you're representing a company as long as it's done to the parameters of what their company's standards are. That's fine. But I don't think WWE should have a hand in it because they didn't start the channel. The superstars, independent contractors did. So I don't think they have a right to dip into that kind of cash flow. Yeah, and the well, and the whole issue is the fact that. I look at it from two points of view. One, I get where Vince is coming from, but I also get where the stars are coming from. Like, you know, obviously Vince, you know, it's like he Vince McMahon has been the way he was for years. Like everybody talks about Vince and the whole independent contractor thing. At this stage in your life as a wrestler, you know these rules when you sign the contract. So there's that parameter that, hey, Vince is telling you in the beginning that this is how everything is. And you pretty much know that before you sign the contract. So for some people, I get that point of view. At the same time, I support it because, as you mentioned before, they're not doing house shows. They're not traveling a lot. A lot of these guys are sitting at home. Some of them got the money to sit at home. A lot of them don't. Because it de- depending on their contract, not everything is. So for those people to put together a Twitch account and make some extra money while they're stuck at home, now when they're able to travel again, when they're able to go on the road, when they can make their merch and their house show money, then you can put an edict like, okay, you did what you had to do. Now we got this 30-day thing if you wanted to do well, that. I mean, it's, but it's, not, but, but it's not, not really that. that. It's not really that, Benny. I think that, you know, so I think it's a contradictory to Vince McMahon when it comes to the people he likes. For instance, um, Brock Lesnar, for example. I mean, the man himself. Brock Lesnar has a sponsor by Jimmy John's. Which is kind of bullshit because why is it that Roman Reigns can get L'Oreal for his hair? Or why can't Lana do something else for beauty products? Why can't they do that? Why can't they sponsor it? But not only that, though, with the Twitch accounts, 
they're putting more eyes on a product. You're, 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 they, everybody knows who you, everybody knows who you are. Like for instance, if, um, let's take, for example, Ray Mysterio, Ray Mysterio, the legend that he is, he decides to start up a mask company and uses his notoriety from WWE. Wouldn't you, if Undertaker decided to make his own Hearst or coffins or those amazing dusters as he wears or the gloves or the hats, you should be able to. Thing is, when you buy those stuff, you're you're buying it from the man himself. So I think that they shouldn't have a cap on it. They should they should capitalize on the initiative and the gumption of these superstars take an initiative to do something not, like not only for themselves, but at the same time showing a product that would work because WWE in, in the knowledge things they know what's best for the character. But sometimes a character could take a life in itself and do better than what the company's provided for them. And that could be said the same thing in storylines, but mostly just merchandise and putting themselves over. Um, it just shows a different window. And I wish they would sit there and acknowledge that, okay, Xavier has a good thing with Up, Up, Down, Down. Um, Paige has a good thing with her channel that she has. Everybody has their different channels doing different amazing things. It shows a different kind of side to them, and they should capitalize on it. They should not sit there and just know that, okay, no, we control... Like how many how many superstars do you think WWE currently has on their roster right now? Both Raw, SmackDown, and no, all three: NXT, Raw, and SmackDown. How many do I think? Oh, just I'm not gonna hold you to it. Guesstimation. How much? How many people do you think? Over a hundred? Just about, maybe close to okay. it. Like over a hundred dollars. So over a hundred people with Raw, SmackDown, NXT, right? Yeah. How could one person? Or let's say a team of 10 people. Let's just throw it up there. 10 people. How would they know? How can they manage 100 people? That's hard. If you take those 10 people and divide them into, like, let's say it's 100 people. If you took one person who was a manager of 10 separate people on there. For instance, I work, I work for a corporate company. I have one supervisor. He does five to six people. And that's hard to maintain. Just one person. There's too much stuff to go through. To sit there and make sure it maintains. To see what's best for the character. Who knows? What if you have a gem? They have a lot of gems in WWE. But they just can't capitalize because they don't know what to do with them. Because they're just so focused on the main people. They have so many other gems they could use. But they're like, okay, well, we don't see anything, so I can't help you. What if they were to see these YouTube channels? What if they were to see this Twitch? What if they were to see them do different things that are outside their comfort level? Because WWE doesn't want to acknowledge what's actually there. So I see what McMahon's coming from, but I think he's just have parameters, but not put shackles on him. That's that's what I'm talking about. Oh yeah, absolutely, and I agree with that. That's the way. That's why I feel about it. So Vinnie Mac. I mean, listen, man, Vinnie Mac. A lot of people talk shit about Vinnie Mac all day. I I love him. Um, his ideas are kind of backwards now. I mean, he's older, and I get it. But the thing is, like, it's going to be a sad day in America when Vince McMahon does pass. I'm not going to lie to you. I used to look at him as a second father. And that sounds stupid. But I've, I've grown up with Vince McMahon. From being an announcer. From being an announcer. From being uh, the villain that he was. To everything else. Remember that one time they had a stint where he died? I remember the limo thing, whatever. I legitimately almost cried. I'm like, oh my god, this is crazy. That's Vincent Kenny McMahon. But I don't know. It's weird with Vinny. It's like because Vinnie Mac, 
his infinite knowledge of doing everything. And the thing is, like, he set the bar so high, and now it's so low, too. But at the same time, he took a gamble, made a lot of great things. But I think this new era, this new age of things that's going on with social media when it comes to the internet and everything else, he's not far behind. He knows he's savvy in what's going on, but he's only thinking for himself as opposed to thinking for everybody else. Um, and I believe WWE, and this is my own personal opinion, I think this whole thing with Zelina Vega and with that Andrew Yang guy or whatever from yeah. the Biden administration, uh, Vince is going to be in some hot water come ne- next year. Like come January, mid-January, we're about to see a shakeup in Raw and SmackDown and NXT yeah. uh, talent-wise. And um, if you guys don't know, look it up. Um, but um, WWE is going to be in some hot water. And the only thing AEW has to do is just sit back and watch because they're doing the right things. WWE's not. Yeah, I mean, they're... They're making it fun for the wrestlers to be there. At the same time, there can be some... They, they might have some issues storyline-wise, but they're making it a more comfortable place to no, be. No, no, no. Well, let, let, let's, let's take away the storylines, Vinny. Let's, let's take away the kayfabe or whatever you want to call it. You know, the, you know, like them being where they're at. Let's take away kayfabe. Let's look at the insurance. Let's, look at, let's think about the longevity of a wrestling career when it comes to AEW. Yeah, I, um, I, I, was, I was acknowledging that. I was it's, saying... it's, it's, it's night and day. You know, people have insurance. They have all these things, and they're, they're protected. If they get hurt, they get paid for it, not get furloughed because they get, you know, they t- get taken out. We haven't seen the bad side of AEW because it's only been a year, but based on everything I'm hearing just from the dirt yeah. sheets or what's going on, I mean, it's night and day. And, I mean, if I was a professional wrestler, which I wish I was, I wish I would have started back 20, fucking 30 years ago, whatever, just to get started. Yeah. Um, when I was 10, you know, because when I was 10, I should have become a pre- professional wrestler. Um, um, but at the same time, like, you know, night and day, and I think WWE's been getting away with it for so long. And now WWE, because they backed the wrong person, they're going to catch the back end of it. It's going to be really bad for Vince McMahon and company. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. I mean... Andrew Yang seems very determined to do this. Um, I'm intrigued to see if he keeps his word or if he just forgets about it. Um, I don't think he will. I don't think he will. I don't think he will at all. I mean, once he makes a statement, it's out there in the public. I don't think the public will let him forget about it. Oh, yeah. um, and let's say hypothetically he drops the ball. Like, I think what you I think he's literally waiting for that January date to take hold. Well, yeah, he has and to wait for January the official date. transfer of power. Oh, yeah. And once that takes over... This man, he's gonna bite him in the fingernails. Yeah. He's gonna be fucking stressing it out. Um, he's gonna be calling Hulk Hogan and say, "Brother, I need you over here." <laughs> yeah, and um, I need, that, I need that good shit. That good shit, yeah. And I know with um with Zelina, I one hundred percent support what she did, hundred percent, because she was one of the few people, and I can't speak for the rest of the roster, but I can definitely speak for her. She made more money doing Twitch. Than working in WWE, like financially, she made more money with that, and then opened up the OnlyFans, and that became something. Which, to clarify, she does cosplay stuff on there. She is not doing porn. No, no, I saw that, and I saw that. I mean, it's very tasteful too. I mean, yeah. I mean, why not? You're you're a well-known person. You're well-equipped for um, cosplay, and it's done right. So, cosplay done right could be very <coughs> um, it's enticing. It's it's. Very provocative, but same time, not really pro- provocative in this day and age. But like cosplay has always been my bag. I, I've always loved it. You know, people dressing up like um, that chick from Metroid, um, Princess Leia, or you know, uh, dressing up like Princess Peach, or having the different variations on Deadpool or Velma or Daphne from Scooby Doo. So you know, they have all these different variations of different topics, and they have such a 
they, they can literally do cosplay every day for the rest of the year, and you'll never see the same costume twice. That's the cool thing about it. It's more about getting the costumes ready. Oh, yeah. Like, I saw when I went to uh, Dragon Con a few years ago, I, I saw a girl. I met a girl there that was um, dressed as, like, Sailor Venus. And, yeah. Um, yeah, and, I, and, I, and I, of course, I was Duff Man. Because uh, I knew I had to dress up for it, and I still have the Duffman costume. You can see it on my uh, videos I do, which my boss loved it. He just he came out of a meeting, saw me in the office dressed as Duffman, just went nice. Like he loved it so yeah. much because I just I took Zoe to like uh, Comic Con last year, I think. I don't remember. I, I think it was last year. Um, took her out to it though. She was wearing her little Anna, or it was Anna. It wasn't Elsa. It was Anna's dress, whatever. And um, I took her out there, and I was just. Wearing, you know, jeans and a fucking t-shirt, like one of these holo shirts, one of these eight-bit shirts that Vinny sees right now. Um, <laughs> but the thing is, it was really cool, man. She got to see, like, you know, Spider Gwen, Spider Man, Deadpool, Ghost Rider, Pokemon, and when he took the Pokemon head off, it was Deadpool, which is pretty cool. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. Star Wars, Star Trek stuff, whatever. Um, she met with a vendor who was selling toys. Uh, she wanted Scarlet Witch. I didn't have the cash on me because most of it's like most of it's cash, really. Um, some of them has like little card readers for it. So there's a card vendor, and she saw um, Avengers Endgame or one of them, whatever. I forget which one it was, but it had Scarlet Witch in it. And she loves Scarlet Witch now. She absolutely loves and adores Scarlet Witch. She shot a toy. I didn't have the cash. I told myself to go to the ATM and get it done. And when I walked away, the guy's like, no, no, you know what, though? Never mind. Just take it. Just what you, He's like, what do you have? I think it was like, I think the toy was like $15. Like, how much do you have on you? I'm like, I have $8. He's like, all right, cool, deal. Let's shake on it. And he was like, the only thing I need to do is I need to take a picture with your daughter and you and both of us. It was like a, um, a husband and wife type thing operation. And he goes like, um, it's good for girls to get into comic books and get into toys. And uh, once we took the photograph, he posts on his whatever Facebook or Instagram, whatever. And um, he goes like, uh, I don't want you guys to walk away and not come back. I think it would have left a bad taste in their mouth if you left and they come back. Like, oh, when it came back, he's like, well, some people say that and they don't come back. So I'm just glad that whatever, that you were able to get this taken care of. And I was like, that's that's awesome, dude. That, that's really awesome. Because we did buy a whole bunch of stuff. We bought, uh, she, we got our Scarlet Witch toy, which she loved. Um, but we also bought some other shit. So we <laughs> bought so much, um, which, I mean, to me, it's it, like me going to a Comic-Con or going to a toy fair. It's, it's, it's like me going to a secondhand store. Damn it, Blue! He jumped on me again. Damn it, Blue! <laughs> like, uh, going to a toy fair or going to any place like Comic-Con where you have, like, old vintage toys and stuff, it's 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 it's, it's Shangri-La for me, really. I fucking love it. Um, it's like me going to a second-hand store. Finding treasure I didn't know I wanted. Taking my daughter there, she got to take photographs with all these amazing, creative people who make their own costumes, look amazing, doing it. And, you know... I would never say anybody who dresses up in cosplay doesn't look amazing because, first of all, you took the time to make it. It's something you're passionate about. You took the time to make it, and they want to photograph with you. My daughter went in there, taking, like she was asking people, can I take a photograph with you? Can I take a photograph with you? She met a whole squad where everybody was like Mario, Luigi, Waluigi, yes. Princess Peach, um, Isabella. So, like, she found a whole group. She took a picture with them. So, the first like half an hour, she's asking for photographs with people. About half an hour into it, though, people are coming up to her, and she's like doing her her perfect little pose, whatever. It was it was awesome. Um, and they have so many different shows. They have like the magic show, um, 
You can be like different animators from different cartoons, um, uh, different celebrities from different TV shows, from like old sci-fi. Um, she had a great time, and that's where we met Buff Bagwell too. Yes, uh, I was. I was actually. Yeah, I was there. We were actually. Uh, I got a chance to sign some autographs there as well. He invited me. But you went. You went there like the first couple of days. I went there on a Sunday, so it was like yeah. the last day they had it on there. So you went there like what Friday, Saturday, right? Yeah, I was on there. I was on those days because Sunday I, w- I was busy. I couldn't do it then. So yeah, I think it'll work. I think yeah, it'll work I, at yeah, that, uh, that, work, that uh, yeah. purgatory you called hell. Yes, I I went to. Uh, I, yeah, I was in hell. Um, then I, yeah, so I went, I basically had hell, heaven, hell, basically. So that, so I wasn't there the day that you were there, but speaking of cosplay, um, there's this guy, um, you ever heard this guy, Robert, uh, Franze, Franzese or something? I can't say I have, no. Yeah. He does. He's a guy who goes to like Comic-Con mostly in New York and he dresses like Peter Griffin. He's a real life Peter Griffin. Oh, I saw that dude. Yeah, that's right. I did see that guy. I do know yeah. that guy. Yes, I do. Dude is the impressions dead on. Looks exactly like him. Got the green no. pants and everything. And the glasses are actually the same glasses he wears when he would occasionally do Santa Claus at like his old job and stuff. But he literally is walking around doing the whole bird, 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 but bird is the word. Like everybody wants him to do it. And he's like, I want to live in a world where everybody knows that the bird is the word. And he just talks exactly. And everybody's laughing. And how great! And then sometimes people would like, like they said one where he was getting off the subway after he got famous. He was like off the subway, and everybody's like, "One getting carried." He goes, he goes, he goes. I just got off the subway, you bastards! Let me get, let me get situated. <laughs> and everybody's looking at him like, "Do the Peter Griffin?" He's like, "I just got off the train, you bastards!" Like he just goes, he's like, "Geez, give me a moment to get fucking situated." And he's but he's in the voice, so they're laughing at the fact that he's cussing at him because he's like. Jeez, let me get off the subway. It was fucking great. Yeah, I just can't wait for this global pandemic to fucking like just get past her. This global bastard is going on. I just miss so many things. Like I miss the small things, like you know, um, going to concerts, live music, going to. I mean, I, I still go to bars. I don't give a shit. But I miss things like you know, sporting events. I miss going to concerts. I miss Comic Con. You know, all this stuff, whatever. I, I have so many plans I want to do with Zoe to kind of get her engulfed with all these different things. This global pandemic, so um, take her to a wrestling show because the last I think the last wrestling show we went to was like the one you did back in that um, uh, UCF. I hope I'm calling it. Uh, it was the show we did in uh, Barnesville, which was uh, one of my, one of the worst from behind the scenes standpoint, one of the worst shows I'd ever been a part of. Yeah, but I want to take her to like you know Money Night Raw. I want to take her to a Smack. I want to take her to an NXT. I want to take her to an AEW. Something to just you know go to a show. I really want to take her because I, I really miss it, man. Like it's, I miss going to a live show. And the thing is, I remember before so many shows were happening and like I was just like, ah, I'll just go next time. I'll just go next time. Now it's like, man, I could have capitalized on so many good shows and hold so many different things. I just waited and just, I was just such a dumbass. And What are some things you miss since the COVID happened that now that it's, now that it's here and it's restricting you from doing things, what are the things you miss the most? Most? That you can't do now because of COVID. Um, that's a tough one, really, because I mean, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, there's a part of me that misses performing, you know, you know, going out there and uh, doing stand up and stuff. But at the same time, I was, you know, I like, you know, being stuck in the house. It was like I. The weird thing for me was I didn't really miss much because when COVID started, when it was like really at its peak. 
I was still labeled essential. So my quality of life didn't really change that much. I mean, I worked less hours at HVMA, but that was well, it. I was at Lowe's. Well, I mean, like, I'm, I'm not saying like from work perspective. I'm, th I'm thinking more like a leisure. Oh, leisure? Um, the leisure, yeah. So from a leisure perspective. Honestly, I'm sorry, should we just, better? I think it was just getting together for watch parties and stuff. I miss that a lot, you know? Yeah. All of us sitting good. around watching wrestling, having a great time. Like, I miss that. Because we're all kind of like stuck at home or not wanting to leave or anything like that. And, you know, I definitely miss that aspect. Because other than doing stand-up, I didn't really go out much. Like, I, like, the older I get, the more of a homebody I became. So... What's weird, my wife's... My, my wife's life has not changed at all <laughs> like she is such a, she loves to just stay home she is such a homebody like she does not the only time she goes out is because of me i'm just like all right we're going to the bar you're you're the dd let's make this happen um <laughs> that, you know because i i'm not i'd be remiss if i was to go to a karaoke bar if i was to go to a bar of any kind and not me have drinks to a point where i can't drive and me not seeing no diamonds sweet caroline all night <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not gonna happen. But she like to her like nothing's really changed. Um, for me, it's changed a lot because I'm such an, a busybody when it comes to going out. Like, you know, don't be, don't be wrong. During the week, I stay home. I probably go bike riding or something. But going to concerts or going to a comedy show or doing something where it's outside of different people. I mean, from time to time, I even go to like you know the improv thing, the world improv. Um, going to all these different places, like uh, for me, going to a karaoke bar and, um, you know, not kill it, but be thinking I'd kill it. Um, feel like a rock the next day with a horse fucking throat. So um, it's just small things, man. It's just stupid stuff like that. And I guess the watch parties, too. I mean, that was always good. That was always good fun. But um, yeah, just, I don't know. I just can't wait for this stupid thing to fucking take over. I'm not sure what the fuck's going to happen. Um, hopefully, 2021 is going to be way better than 2020 because. I think 2020 set the bar for how bad things can be when you're quarantined and how people handle it, you know? Oh, yeah, totally. Like, one of the things I, I've always said is that the one thing I never want to see on social media again is somebody putting, like, oh, here's a log. Can you stay in this log cabin for 30 days with no internet or anything like that? And we'll give you a million dollars. Everybody's like, oh, I could do that, no problem. And then you see COVID happening. It's like, no, you fucking can't. People were snapping after three days. I saw people cracked after three days. I'm like, nope. I don't want to see any more of that log cabin crap because everybody's going to be like, oh, you could totally do that. I'm like, nope. I know for a fact I mean, y'all can't. I mean, honestly, I think I can. Like, if I didn't have to work, if I was to be compensated for my bills and be responsible or whatever, three days, give me a couple books, give me a couple of jigsaw puzzles, I'll be fine. Uh, give me some board games. Um, you know, I'll, I'll make my time somehow or another. I'll, I'll craft something. I'll make something, you know, whatever, when it comes to it. But um, I think I'd be fine. I don't need I don't need the digital stuff. I like to unplug from time to time, which is kind of fun, away from TV, away from Wi-Fi. Um, but 30 days, not bad. I mean, I live in Indiana. Fuck it. I'm fine. <laughs> Indiana. Indiana. Indiana is the purgatory <laughs> of the United States. <laughs> I've never changed where I was at. Uh, you ever put your thoughts forward or backwards? Time just stood still. <laughs> yep. Some say, some say today, time still stands still over there. That place is, yeah, I'm glad I got out of there. Yeah, it sounds like it. So, 
Yeah, purgatory sounds boring. It is boring. You're in limbo. It's like you can't go forward. I mean, you go forward and backwards, but you just can't go anywhere else past that. It's like it's like that movie, The Truman Show, where you're going to drive out of town, but you can't. And you try selling out, but there's only a fucking brick wall or a metal wall that surrounds everything. So, no. Yeah. The Truman Show. I felt like I was in the Truman Show living there. You know, <laughs> like talking to myself and, you know, making little space helmets with soap and a fucking mirror because, you know, because Elvis was crazy back then. Still is, but still. <laughs> yeah. It's not too hot and not too cold. All you need is a light jacket. There you go. Sponsored by our IBC root beer. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Made with cane sugar. You're an asshole. <laughs> You're supposed to be getting drunk with me, and then I'm here t- taking torpedo extra I- IPA Sierra Nevada beer. It's like eight percent alcohol content per beer. I'm on my second one, and I had a, and I had a shot. It's supposed to be our drunken Thanksgiving party, and your idea was to drink a fucking root beer. Hey, hey, hey! You don't know what it is it. I'm literally watching you through a video feed, and I'm sitting here. You're gulping down root beer, so I know what's going on. Hey, 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 Simple hey, thing. hey. It's kayfabe, brother. Just kayfabe, brother. I ain't drinking nothing because there's nothing in that bottle. A fucking fake-ass motherfucker. <laughs> Boo this man. Boo. <laughs> oh, great. Nah. Except you'll take, you'll take it as boochie. That was so really. So really, if you're doing stand-up comedy with someone boozy, you'd be like, "Oh, you see my name, Boochie? Got you. That's cool. That's cool. That's a new one." Oh, that was actually kind of funny. Uh, you brought that up because um, a few years ago, when I did the um, when I did the the regular guy, when I did the roast for the regular guys, mm-hmm. when they called my name, I went up on the stage and I and I got almost got nervous. because I thought people were booing me, but I oh, they're like booch, but I couldn't hear the ch. So at first, I thought they were booing me. I was like, "Fuck." But then I found out later they were. I saw a guy in the front row, and I could hear him, and he went booed. And I went, "Oh, good, oh good." I freak. I literally freaked out for a second, thought I was getting booed. But that's that's gonna be nerve wracking. Oh, it like is. you want to hear? Like, you think like like they're just trying to be like they're trying to be like like booed. And like, wait, are you booing me or are you booching me? Oh, we're booching you. It's like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. I was making sure. But yeah, so I just went. But after afterwards, I could tell. I knew they weren't booing me at the end because I destroyed everybody on stage. But then, of course, um, Larry replayed that whenever I was set up to the mic, and Larry would go, they're not saying boots, they're saying boo, they hate him. Uh. <laughs> I found out later that was, just Larry, that, that was just Larry fucking with me, but I didn't quite understand his sense of humor at the time. So it was, In the beginning, it was hard for me to tell when they were kidding and when they weren't kidding. So sometimes when they would be like ball-busting me, I didn't know, like, wow, these guys must really hate me or something. Then I eventually got used to it. I mean, like, it's like, um, that's, you know what they say? They roast the ones they love. So, um, I had to, so, so Zachariah Scott, if it shows any indication of how much I love you, (laughs) we love you so much. Oh, obviously. Yeah. (laughs) We say, we, we give your praises every week to tell you how much we love you. Yes. I give you shit every week, day in, day out. (laughs) And we would never come between you and your mattress. But unless, of course, this hashtag get the gender laid works and he gets laid. So anybody out there in the Booch Nation who just has an itch, has to get an itch by a certain redhead. If you close your eyes and imagine like an Antonio Banderas type figure doing you, 
um, and just close your eyes. And if you ask him not to talk, I'm pretty sure the soul's ginger would agree to not talking while this whole thing happens with the light shut off. There's no parameters. You can make it any way you want. But the thing is, the quarantine has had everybody in certain different ways. I think it's only fair that during this quarantine, we give a little love, wear a mask, and have sex with anybody you can. Yes, if you were... If you were a fan of the part, if you would like, if you watched the Partridge Family and you were a big fan of Danny Bonaducci, you found the right guy. Or if you liked the movie Apollo Thirteen, I thought the director Ron Howard was really good. Then maybe yeah. give old, you know, old Ginger Snap a little try. Oh yeah, I actually realized that though. With when 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 Zach has the goatee, he looks exactly like Danny Bonaducci. Mm. Like holy shit! Like when he had it, he had his hair combed at one point. And actually looked and actually was trying to clean himself up. He had the goatee look just like Danny Bonaducci. That's why uh, next year for his birthday, that's the picture I'm going to put up because we have this thing that we do every year where this is for the listeners uh, where we get. I start this. Or you start this. You started this. I know. I, Elvis posted a picture. I can't remember what who the picture was. But I think it was carrot carrot head. It was carrot top. Carrot top. Yeah. Yeah. So he put a carrot top picture. Said, this is my buddy Zach Scott. Please take a moment to wish him a happy birthday. And what makes it funny is the fact that the the caption the, the text is sincere, but the picture's something different. And then I remember I came in and I went with um I think I did like Chucky from Child's Play. And then um and then Desmond did like I can't remember another redhead that he did, but Annie, little orphan Annie. And yeah, he did the orphan Annie. And he posted that, and then, uh, and then him and Maria got into an argument because Maria was like, "I posted a real picture of Zach," and Desmond went, "Where's the fun in that?" That's true. Like the whole true. point was to do pictures of stuff, and we and I did that like every year, and I would do like Chucky from the Rugrats or throw something else in there. So we try to come up with like different redheads every year, and then it's kind of hard. You don't have too many out there, so there isn't. It's really tough. And then um, I think one year I did Pennywise. That's when he got mad. Oh, I know. See, he's clown. He's scared of clowns, so he didn't like the clown. Which is kind of funny because he's a clown himself. Exactly. It was funny as hell. I don't know why he puts on that clown makeup every day, but he does. It was also funny that I did the same thing to Steven. Um, because I I found I did a picture, with, but the picture I did with Steven was I did a picture of Bulk from the Power Rangers. Oh wow! Because I realized. Oh, wow. Because one day I'm hanging out with Steven, and I realized, holy shit. Because I was re-watching the Power Rangers on Netflix at the time, and I was like, oh shit, that looks like Steven. And I realized, Steven and Bulk are pretty much the same character. Yeah, pretty much. They behave exact, almost exactly the same way. And who does who uh, Bulk hang out with? Skull. And what does Skull kind of remind you of personalities? Uh, honestly, I can't figure it out. Zach. <laughs> you Zach, really? In a way. Yeah. But it was funny as hell. Like, I watched that, and I just went. So I put that as a picture up there, and I just said, you know, hey, this is Steven's birthday, trying to find somebody else. And then one time for for Desmond, one time I did Ryan Upchurch, and uh, that one ended up not working. Kind of looks like the guy from um, uh, Pee Wee Herman. Uh, what the fuck's his name? In the movie, the bigger guy, um, Francis. Hey, Francis. Yep, that kind of looks like him too. 
which he would not love at all. I'm pretty sure I'm going to phone call tomorrow or the day after. Fuck you, asshole. Oh, no, he wouldn't like that, especially since that same actor that played Francis is the same actor that played uh, John Wayne Gacy in the biopic. You know, if I was to pick him to be a Surrey color, that'd be him, John Wayne Gacy. Absolutely. Yeah, he played Gacy and was very good at it. And he was. Like that was a, he was a really good actor. That that movie was I would definitely, I would definitely say my favorite serial killer, which I'm not sure we got on this topic though. My favorite serial killer, I see Jeffrey Dahmer. Really? I I think he's awesome. Um just the story. Just the story alone. Him and um obviously Manson. Manson is yeah. Manson the Manson. I could watch it. Any documentary on him. Him or Jeffrey Dahmer. Jeffrey Dahmer is a whole different cat, man. That that dude is wow. Oh yeah, totally. That dude, um, there's the swastika in the forehead. Always. Oh, well, man, just had like you know demons inside of him. That's what it is, man. Like you know, he just got he got up to a certain point, and after that, that he was just mind control. The way he could sit there and manipulate. That's the thing about serial killers too. The way they are able to charismatically alter the minds of individuals who are weak minded to sit there and mold them and and mold them into a certain way to think a certain way, to kind of block out everybody else and just listen to his words, I think in itself is a testament to how crazy and charismatic and how people just want someone to follow or something to follow, no matter how bad and horrible it is, which is weird. Oh, yeah. I mean, like... But Manson wasn't top of that. The same thing with... um, I watched this thing on Netflix a couple months back about David Koresh. Um, that dude, wow, wow, that's you. Like, you, you know what David Koresh is? Huh? You know who David Koresh is? Uh, no, no, who's that? So David Koresh had like this, um, this, not a farm, I want to say like a combine, back, I think it was in Texas, and um, he was like a spiritual guru pretty much, whatever, like pretty much he had like his own little combine out there, um, and uh, it was like a church, it was like a Jesus type thing, you know? Um, you know, kind of in the terms of like Mormonism, we had like a whole bunch of wives and it was like a church thing. No one could sit there and smoke or drink. It was all like, you know, praise Jesus type thing. And then like, he felt like he was talking to God directly pretty much and twists all, all these people's minds. And like, he had like guns and food and he's trying to live off the land without getting involved with the government. Like he, had, he wanted nothing to do with the government pretty much. The government got involved. He's like, all right, well, you got guns. So obviously they're bad people. And they just want to sit there, live off the land, and do nothing. And the government came in and with tanks and fired those people out and killed people on his own fucking land. And Koresh was a bad man because, like, he had all these people believe that he was the son of God or he was a, a conduit to the voice of God to what's supposed to be happening. And I think that, don't me wrong, I think religion is truly important to a, a very large amount of people out there. Um, but the extremists, either any religion, it could be, you know, uh, any religion that you have extremists when it comes to certain religion can be very dangerous because it can be misconstrued in so many different ways. And the people who follow it who aren't knowledgeable enough about what they're following or praising could easily fall into a trap of a cult in any aspect. And it's very dangerous because we have a person who's charismatic who knows their shit. So... Since you and I can talk about the wrestling all day, right? We know what we're talking about. 
but then you have like a cult of let's just say a cult of wrestling fanatics who listen to our show and we give them like ideas to do certain things like they hang out to everywhere we're saying it's very dangerous same thing when it comes to religion like a person who could sit there and quote the bible back and forth he uses a crutch and they can sit there and use it as a they can sit there and use it as a tool to manipulate people who aren't as well versed and sit there and throw bible verses and make them think that whatever they're saying is correct regardless of how stupid and crazy it sounds but base and they have facts for instance, the Bible, there's so the Bible is a great book to get your life values right. You know, be good to each other, turn the other cheek, uh, teach you know, treat everybody with honor and respect. But it goes deeper, deeper than that. But there's a lot of contradictions as well too. So a person who's well versed in manipulation and faith can sit there and manipulate it to their own agenda to push people to do what they want to do just based on those words alone. Or it could be misconstrued as one way or another. Extremists are, it's hard because they know their shit, but at the same time, they're manipulating the masses with those words. And when people follow something blindly, they'll jump off a bridge only because they have faith enough to do it, which is kind of crazy if you think about it. Like for instance, you have like um, the Southern Baptist Church where they said that if you have faith, like put your hand in this box of snakes. If you believe God will protect you, you can put your hand in there and not get bitten by a snake, which is pretty extreme, right? Oh, very extreme. So you always got to be careful with these charismatic leaders, although on a surface looks good, but sometimes the intent, it always seems like every time this intent at the end always comes, rears its ugly head that makes everything such a horrible thing. And that's why it gives people such a bad taste in their mouth about religion. Um, some people just look at certain cases like that and say, nope, I don't want to do it. It's a cult-like mind. It's a it's a hive mind. One person controls it. Everybody does what they're saying. It's pretty scary. It is, man. Especially when different things can be like interpreted in different ways. Like For example, um, one of the big controversies with Charles Manson was the fact that you know, the Beatles, who are a very talented band, they got caught up in the Charles Manson thing because he used the song Helter Skelter to justify all of his behavior. Well, and that's the thing, too. The, the people who justify certain actions, um, um, who was the one, was it the son of Sam that said he had a dog talk to him to kill all yeah, these people? Yeah, son of Sam, yeah. So, so people who justify it, and use this as a crutch. And I mean, you know, the thing is, maybe that person was absolutely insane who thought this dog was actually talking to him to kill people. Um, you have people who talk to God who hear things and hear voices. But the thing is, like, so you and I, you and I are just a regular person. We don't hear voices. Or maybe you do. I don't know, Benny, but not me. Um, <laughs> but the thing is, like, when you're guided by these voices, you don't know these voices are benevolent or the actual real voices that help guide you through life. If you're not really um spiritually i guess spiritually trained to figure out what's right what's wrong because it's going to make you taste your it's going to test your spirituality when it comes to the show if it's good or not some people when they hear a voice when they hear it they cling to it and they listen on they hang on every word they think it's right it's dangerous because i mean you're a very special person that could listen to this but what happens when they start telling you to kill and won't leave you alone until you make it happen? That's why most people go crazy. What if that, what if that voice was in their head the whole time? They couldn't get past it, and they couldn't do anything until that order that they were sitting out was done. That's insane. 
but that's a, that's a, that's a mental hell that I wish I would never go through because I wouldn't I want to I don't want to be prone. There's a spiritual world in this life, so you and I are looking like you and I are looking at each other in the camera right now. We I'm seeing you, you're seeing me. That's all I see. I see the Booch cat, the Booch 365. I see your posters for wrestling. I can see that I don't give a fuck calendar. I can see everything in the world for what it is. I don't want to see if there's a spiritual world, if there's a demon behind you, or there's an angel behind you. I don't want to see that. <laughs> That'd be the last thing I want to see because it freaked me out. Some people, they acknowledge it, they see it, and they roll with it, and then those people go insane because it's not part of this world. Yeah. I mean, that's literally how it's done, man. Like, you know, he, like when he, like when, like in the, like in the song, like I remember, like Paul McCartney said, if you look at the music, the music video for Helter Skelter, uh, there's a playground slide in the video. And Paul McCartney said that it was a metaphor for the rise and fall of the Roman Empire. That's why Paul that's what that's Paul McCartney who wrote the song saying that. But apparently what Manson thought it was was he interpreted the lyrics and everything as incitation to begin a race war. So he took it to a whole yeah. different level. It's all about like you know what you see on it though. So I mean it's all about perspective and how you take things. So for instance, I could watch a movie and have a different perspective based on my morals, my upbringing, and come to a full conclusion about a certain movie that I watched. And then, of course, you watch exactly the same movie, or listen to a speech, or watch the news, listen to it, read it, see what's going on with it, and come up with a completely different interpretation for what's going on because of your upbringing, your lifestyle, your morals, and the way your family was brought up. Exactly. So you and I are going to have two different things. Um, now, the Beatles is a very interesting um, subject because the Beatles, um, you know, there's a lot of controversy about their band, right? Um, I've heard some of it, but not all of it. So there's a, a fantastic documentary on um, YouTube. It's called The Winged Beetle. And it has like every conspiracy theory with um, the Beatles. Do you know that Paul McCartney, the one we have right now, is not the real Paul McCartney? Okay. So, hear me out. So, based on this documentary, which is it's well done, um, true or not, I don't really know, but if you watch the conspiracy about Paul McCartney, supposedly the real Paul McCartney, a long time ago, died a long time ago. So, when they first came out with the Beatles, the Beatles had um, pop success, right? Their first couple albums were really poppy. Uh, John Lennon said, like, you know what, though? Hey, we've been doing this, this candy-coated, poppy music for a while. Let's expand our minds. Let's expand music. Let's do something different. John McCartney's like, uh, Paul McCartney's like, no, 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 no. We have a formula that's working. We're making tons of money. We're notorious across the world. Let's stick to this. Let's stick to this plan, true and true. They got in a fight, and they decide to. Um, they had a big fight because you know bands. You know we fight. You know you and I fight about stupid shit. We had a fight yesterday. Not really, but. Yeah. I'm, I'm just talking about for conversation's sake. So, Papa Carney, you know, he was pissed off because he felt like the direction of the band was not something he wanted to go into. He couldn't deal with it, so he decided to leave. Now, he's got a small little white sports car. Now, do me a favor. On your, on your Google, I want you to go on there and type in Sergeant Pepper's or look up Paul McCartney or look up um, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Heart Band Conspiracy, the album cover. There's a couple things I want to point out. So I have the album downstairs. So if you notice it, 
the Wing Beetle talks about he drove his car. It was a white sports car. He was driving. And then when he was driving, supposedly he saw a girl. And this girl was walking by herself. She's probably wearing like go-go boots or whatever. And, you know, was some, he saw a hot girl on the side, side of the road pretty much. So he decided to pull over. Pulls over. Picks up this fan. And he says, where are you off to? And she's like, I'm going to blah, 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 blah. Going to this address. So he's like, all right, cool. You guys got to tell me how to get there. So once the girl figures out who the fuck picked her up, she freaks out because obviously, like same thing with me. If I saw a superstar that I'm super excited about, I'm like, oh my God, it's Paul McCartney, blah, 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 whatever, right? So they're driving and then all of a sudden they get in a car wreck. Paul McCartney dies. So does that girl. Now, you have to keep in mind, this is in the early stages of stardom. So the Beatles are the biggest thing ever. So at that time, they did something. So Paul McCartney's dead. They buried him, but they couldn't have the paparazzi there. So John, he was very close to, you know, it's like you and I get in a fight. But when you, you and I get in a fight, we don't, sit there, we don't hold it. We don't hold it against each other. We sit there and have arguments about certain things, but we do a show every week and talk about stuff, whatever. That's yeah. what we do. So uh, John Lennon, huge fan of Paul. He's, you know, he's big, you know, they're, they're like brothers. They're like brothers pretty much. He has to bury Paul. So the manager has to sit there and find a replacement because they have to go on tour soon. So if you look it up, they had an American bandstand, a Paul McCartney lookalike contest. But here's the kicker. They had an American bandstand hosted by Dick Clark. But that person never won anything. They just want to have a look like contest for TV stuff. This is before America Now. This is before any kind of contest. Like they just had on TV just to see who could do a Paul McCartney look like contest. Now the guy they picked up, um, they didn't say his name, but he won. But it wasn't like a contest. Like, hey, you're the winner for the Paul McCartney look like contest. What he really won was Paul Spot in the Beatles. Now there's some subtle differences when it comes to Paul McCartney, the one that passed away, and the one we're living with today. Number one. The Paul McCartney that died previously was left-handed. The one we have right now is right-handed. If you look at Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Heart Band, there's a girl on the bottom right-hand side. On her lap, there's a white car <laughs> on her lap. That's the white car that drove it over. If you look at the flowers, there's a gravestone that shows like the Sgt. Pepper's over. The Sgt. Pepper, there's yellow flowers. If you look at it at a diagonal side, it actually reads Paul. And every photograph of Paul, when it comes to an album cover, always has some guy holding his hand over Paul, like a hand over Paul's head. Over Paul's head, I guess there's some kind of, um, I think it's Catholic or something, but if you keep your hand over the head, it's supposed to protect the person to get to heaven or after the afterlife. Um, there's a left-sided bass guitar on there, um, on the Sgt. Pepper's thing as well. Now, also, if you look inside the album cover, there's a couple things. If you look on Abbey Road, John Lennon's wearing an all-white suit. He's the first one on there. Uh, Ringo is right behind him. And the third person you see is Paul McCartney. Paul McCartney is not wearing shoes. The last person you see on there is George Harrison. He's wearing all denim. So you have Paul McCartney or John Lennon wearing white. You have uh, Ringo Starr wearing black. Paul McCartney's now wearing shoes, which means that he's dead. 
and then you have Ringo, or you have George Harrison, who's wearing all denim, which is usually the uniform for a Paul, like not a Paul Bear, but the guy who's the groundskeeper who makes the, the holes for it. If you look at the photographs inside, all the Beatles are wearing white roses or red roses on their on their sleeves or whatever, or on their little lapel pens. Paul McCartney's the only one that has a black one. If you look at the patch, um, it's got uh, something about... Uh, it's, I forgot what it was. I, have to, I, I, I should go downstairs. I have the album downstairs. Something about pronounced dead, like PD. So there's so many conspiracies about the real Paul McCartney being dead and the new one on there. So, and the thing is, like, um, I think there's a couple, there's, there's one, I think it's Revolution Number 9 from the Beatles. You play it backwards at a certain point, when you play it backwards, it says, I buried Paul. He says it repeatedly. It's scary. <laughs> Somebody said that he mumbles it at the end of Strawberry Fields Forever. Strawberry Fields. Okay, there you go. That was Revolution yeah. Number Nine. Although right. Leonard, although Lennon, although John Lennon said in interviews that the phrase was actually cranberry sauce. No, he was trying to he was just trying to emphasize it, whatever. No, but that's not the case at all. Yeah, that's what I'm That's what John Lennon claimed it was cranberry sauce, but it says I bury Paul at the end of Strawberry Fields Forever. No, but I mean, like, there's so many things with that Beatles stuff, whatever. And it's like, um, yeah, it's 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 scary. There's even one where he goes on David Letterman, and I guess uh, David Letterman did bring up. He's like, "Hey, I heard that um, you were dead, or there was something along those lines." Where um, he's like, "There was a rumor about you being dead a long time ago. So, are you the real Paul McCartney?" He's like, "I don't know. Am I?" And I think he was trying to have a little jest on it, whatever. But um, if you look at if you look at the time frame, if you look at the time frame. From when that happened, they never did a live show after that. After that incident happened, they never had a live show except for the one reunion they had. But if you look at photographs, he was a mustache. I guess they had some facial reconstruction for Paul McCartney after that. So it's it's a whole bunch of different stuff on there, man. It's it's pretty insane. Yeah, I'm trying. Hold on, I'm trying to see something real quick. I think, I think I'm hearing it. Yeah, I'm trying to listen for it. It definitely says something about I buried sauce or cranberry. It, it definitely sounds like I can see how that could sound like either I bury Paul or cranberry sauce. There was another one too about like um, the song "I Am the Walrus" was about Paul. Um, and the reason why, and the reason why um, uh, the walrus was Paul is because when they actually did find Paul at the wreckage, his teeth went through his um, his cheek because the accident was so bad because it swallowed a small little compact car, and uh, the walrus was Paul. Let me try to play it for you real quick. Hold on, let me, let me put the volume up. Give me one second. Let me see if I can get this done correctly. Let me try to time it together. No, oh, that's scary. You know, when I listen to the music backwards, I'm like, oh my god, it's scary. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's like it's like the movie Little Nicky where he puts on that like he puts like Chicago on vinyl and they're like, dude, I don't want to listen to this. But he plays it background. And he goes, I hereby command you in the name of Lucifer. It's like, dude, Chicago kicks ass. <laughs> That's what you get. So it's kind of crazy. We went from like all these different topics. Now we're on conspiracy theories. Is that, that going to be the the focal point? Because that is though, I am totally on board with it. <laughs> well. We're an hour and forty-eight minutes in, so if we want to keep going, we can we can get into no, that. No, it, 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 it is it is drunk Thanksgiving, so I just sit there and enlighten some people. So if you guys want to learn more about this whole YouTube phenomenon about the Beatles conspiracy, look up the Winged Beetle on YouTube. It's a must must listen to. I mean, if you don't believe it, that's fine. But I think it's entertaining. I think it's so well done. Um, you don't have to believe it. I don't care if you do or not, though. But I think just for the whole time and effort they put into the whole thing and trying to tie a couple of things on there. I think it's really great. Um, I think you guys would truly enjoy it because uh, the Wing Beetle, when I listened to it, I was like, oh my goodness. Like The thing is, like, it elaborates on every album, every photograph, every video, everything they've done on it so far. Like It has like background, like or it has like uh, backstories to it. So it was also something like it's a, a false claim. It's like, it's supported by real facts what happened in real time in a timeline of the Beatles from the time they were banned from the time they broke up. So pretty nice <laughs> um yeah absolutely it was definitely insane no doubt no doubt uh i guess that's i think i'm done with my conspiracy theory for my conspiracy theory nugget we have on here for tonight uh we had a lot of little different topics we had on here but uh Benny, so what's going to be our topic for next week or just still a potpourri bag as of right now oh as of right now it's definitely a potpourri like i said we got about like I said, we got two more of these coming, um, so we're going to definitely have some fun stuff to talk about. Uh, we definitely thank you guys for uh, joining us for the Thanksgiving episode of the Bootscast. We, uh, like I said, it is actually Thanksgiving night at the time that we were sitting here talk. We were sitting here recording with you guys, and um, of course, uh, part two is going to be having a uh, Desmond around for AEW. We got John for NXT, also. John and I are working on a special uh, project for the YouTube channel. Um, we can't go into details about it yet, but when we can, we're going to share it. But we got something new coming to the YouTube channel. But um, like I said, that just because we're not going to be doing any audio recording for a while doesn't mean that there's not going to be content presented. We're going to have the YouTube channel ready to go. We're going to have um, the uh, Twitch channel underway and... I know during the holiday season, at some point, we're all going to get together because uh, we're going to be doing our YouTube reviews of Dark Side of the Ring is coming. So, Oh, my God. We're doing that? We're doing that, yeah. So the goal is for all of us to get together, um, whether it be at John and Rhiannon's house, whether it be here in the studio. Um, we're going to get together, and we're going to do a YouTube version of Dark Side of the Ring. So it's basically going to be each video is going to have one episode on it. For example, there'll be one video that's like, us talking about Owen Hart. Then the other one will be Chris Benoit. The other one will be The Brawl for All. The other one will be Slap Heard Around the World. Um, you know, so we got a... Yeah, I, I cannot wait to do Broder Brody. Um, Bruiser Brody, Oh, yeah. my God. Oh, my God. I cannot wait to do Brody, man. I love it, man. I cannot wait to do that one. That's going to be my... That's going to be my... I'm calling it Dibs, 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 Dibs. Oh, you can be on all of them, dude. You're. It, it's whatever ones you want to do, you want to do. We're in. Like, we're trying to get the team together. Uh, we might have a... A few cameo appearances on some of them. 
uh, but we got definitely the team's going to be together uh, for this one. We're going to be really getting into it, so it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm also bringing in the WWE countdown for the YouTube channel as well uh, because I was going I was going through the WWE Network and I saw the countdown and I was like, holy shit, these be fun topics for us to get into. Now, I've talked about some of these on the blog talk shows in the past, but I feel like to get a different perspective with the whole team would be better as well, so... We're going to have that out there oh, as you well. You must forgot one big aspect of it, buddy. What's that? We're doing Drunk History Wrestling Edition. Oh, okay. I, I, I was not aware. We were, I forgot we were doing that. Drunk History Wrestling Edition. Story of wrestling told by a whole bunch of drunk people. So that means we have to get super, super tanked. <laughs> and we're going to tell the history of certain characters, certain superstars from beginning to end, which I think is going to be... The best thing in the world. You're welcome. All right. And then, of course, um, so, ladies and gentlemen, that will officially uh, wrap up this week's uh, episode of the Boochcast. Uh, Elvis, as always, man, I appreciate you taking time out of busy schedule, especially on a holiday, to uh, get together and be on the show. And I uh, I look forward to the uh, potpourri of fun we're going to have next week. Is that the name of the title of the next week's show? Potpourri uh, of fun? Uh, possibly. Uh, it depends, because... It depends on whether or not you'll be in studio. Because I have one uh, title I want to use, but it's funnier if you're in studio. If I say, if I use it, so. Why don't you keep that for the very last show? For the very last show. Very last show. Uh, you yeah, know, if it's, something spe- if it's something special, we should keep that for the very end. Okay, because I, I got it was. It's very funny. Um, just just an idea that popped into my head. I thought it'd be cool, and you know what? It would be cool to wrap up the year with that one. So. I think, I think so next too, week, so let's do yeah, that. Yeah, we'll probably do Potpourri of Fun for next week. I'll probably be the title next Potpourri week. Potpourri of Fun next week, and then we'll have the season finale of the Boochcast. Yes. Absolutely, man. It's going to be a lot of fun, dude. Well, awesome. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for listening. Vinny, is there anything you want to plug out there? Anything new in the world of Boochland that people uh, need to find us, uh, find some merchandise, um, you, know, you know, present your cohorts out there? Oh, absolutely, man. Uh, now the quickest way to get to all these is through my website, vinnythebooch.com, uh, on the front page, it gives you links to everything. We got the, uh, the merch store, which I talked about on the, uh, Twitch channel because, uh, Desmond was wearing his, uh, pizza baby face mask at one point. So we kind of brought that up. Way to go. We need, we need a model for that stuff. So, oh yeah, totally. So, um, and of course Elvis has one too. Uh, he, so yeah, so we got, it's in my car, and I wear it to like um, I wear it to shops, which is fun. I get I get the weirdest looks when I wear it, so it's it's awesome it, to me. I I think it's funny. So, oh yeah, totally. And um, I'm gonna see you right here. Give me a second. And obviously, you can find us like you know on Instagram, on Facebook, the Boochcast. Um, mm-hmm. You can find us on Twitch. Um, okay, you're gonna love it. It's yeah, good stuff see- for you guys. Um, find everything you want. Oh, we got some. We got some new merchandise. What we got? Some, you know, that's the old one. Is it up there here? Is it up? Can you see it? I, I click, see it. You're sharing your screen. That's right. Yeah, I clicked the share screen buttons. I want to make sure you can see it. Um, yeah, I can see it. I can see it. All right. I want so, you to do those porn hubs. You have too many porn hubs out there, buddy. Come on, man. Oh, shit. The porn hubs are up here? Oh, yep. Crap. All right. Fist and Fireman? What the fuck? No, I'm joking. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. There's Fireman too. <laughs> Damn. I just, I just had the cops. I didn't know the Fireman did it, too. Damn. But anyway... Yeah, so we got the uh, we got the Vinny it goes storefrontier.com, Vinny Bucci, aka the Booch. We got the face masks 
for Boots365, Pizza Baby. We have Essential Lives Matter up there, so you can check those out. We also got the Pizza Baby and the Boots365 t-shirts. You can also get um, regular t-shirts, kids' t-shirts, hoodies, sweatshirts, tank tops, baby onesies. Yes, you can actually get baby onesies. So you can actually get a Pizza Baby onesie for your Pizza Baby if you got one. Um, I know uh, my niece might want one of those, so she's going to check that out. Um, That's going to be a great Christmas present for all you folks out there. Oh, yeah, totally. These are... What we got here, we got the onesies, everything set up. Boots support, support your local mini Bucci. Support your local Bucci. Oh, okay. Yeah. Christmas time is coming up. You want to sit there and get some gag gifts. So you want to sit there and have some cool gifts out there. This is the way to do it. They got pizza. Yeah, you have um, coffee mugs. You have phone covers. You got bags. You got coffee mugs. Anything that you need in your life. You yeah. want a cup of coffee in the morning and see a pizza baby logo. Bam, it's right there. I mean, make it a screensaver. Do what you got to do with it, but be part of the Booch Nation, ladies and gentlemen, because these things are hot off the press, and you guys will be missing out unless you sit there and get this fantastic, because these things are flying off the shelves. Yes, they slowly, are. Slowly, but they are coming <laughs> off the shelves. Yes, and that's at teespring.com. Like I said, you can find the link to it on my website, so it's at teespring.com uh, at the Booch store. Uh, on that site, and of course, like I said, also you can find the uh, I have right there on the front page uh, the link you can click on to see Booch in the Car on Amazon Prime. Uh, this docu series is on there. Uh, Elvis uh, makes a couple of appearances in there as well. Um, yeah, I made two appearances in the beginning and the end. Yes, he so he was supposed to be in the middle, but he was training for his job at the time. We had originally. Yeah, I really feel bad because I had so many ideas for treat um, for trying to um, teach you how to drive that car. I was gonna wear a captain's hat, like a sailor's hat, and I would have <laughs> gave you one too. I would have gave you a helmet, and I would have wear a captain's hat, and I would have taught you how to drive it and have you stall out a couple of times. Um, yeah, I, there was so much things we could have done, and man, I really, I mean, listen, I'm happy for the career I have right there with the company I'm with right now. That's when I was trading for. I'm still worth the same company, so it worked out. But man, the timing couldn't be worse. If it was a month before all that shit happened, it would have been perfect. And I just couldn't make it happen. And I feel like shit, I couldn't make it happen because I thought it, I thought it'd been brilliant with all the stuff we could have done with that, yeah. you know, that the, the small time we had to make it happen. Yeah. So I'm just saying, when you see the episode where I'm in the car, I'm in the Ford Festiva, and we're driving around this empty parking lot, and I, I'm that Elvis was supposed to be in that scene with me before, but so he would have been there. The thing, the thing is, like, I know how to drive is a manual. I've had a manual car for like my first car I learned how to drive was with a manual. Yeah. So I know how to drive. I know how to sit there and simplify and explain to him in a simple way how to make it happen. But uh, Benny, like everything else he does in life, has to learn the hard way. So yes, <laughs> I look. I had to learn the hard way. I did learn the hard way, and uh, either way, it was uh, still kind of fun. So make sure you check that out. And, of course, um, make sure you're following us on all the social media platforms. All of them. Make sure you uh, support the show through Patreon. Make sure you pay me, folks. I need to get paid. I don't even get paid. I just sit here with a microphone in my hand. I've been with this microphone. Vinny, have I not had this microphone in my hand the whole time? Whole time. Yeah. And old Blue cocked out on me twice. I was in the middle of something amazing, and Blue's like, nah, I'm going to jump out, bitch. It's fine. But um, no, support us. If I mean, anything you can, a dollar, two dollars, 50 cents, whatever you want to do. Anything goes towards, you know, us, our pizza habits, because uh, me and Vinny, it's not just a slogan. It's a way of life. It's pizza, baby. Um, so 
support us any way you can if you can um if anything just like and subscribe don't forget to share with your friends and just say hey listen we have this show it's not the best it's not the worst but it's people talking and i like people talking i like the gist of what albus is saying i like the gist of what Vinny's saying and eventually one day they'll become the lanska cast the lanska cast party time excellent coming to a podcast near you and make sure you check out the drunk thanksgiving episode part two Vinny, this has been fun two things i want you to take away from today 9-11 was an inside job and jet fuel does not burn steel beams <laughs>